Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 327. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, we have a slew of games to talk to you about because it's been two weeks and we actually played quite a bit. I jumped into Scarlet Nexus on PS5. Brett played some Loop Hero. I've been playing Loop Hero on and off for the past few weeks. And we both jumped into Apex Legends, try out their new mode. And uh, we also jumped into Avengers, pretty hardcore-like and stuff. So we're back on that train. And in the gaming news, Ubisoft's working on AC Infinity, a Fortnite-like evolving platform. Uh, Nacon Connect with uh, TDL Solar Crown happened, so we talk about that. Sony State of Play, which was a little uneventful. Battlefield 24-2 has additional details. And uh, a sealed copy of Super Mario sold for a million-ish dollars. So, yeah. It was ridiculous. And we yeah. talked about the bonus level. Uh, Company Heroes 3 announced. Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl was announced. And for the topic of the show, we have the handheld gaming wars where the new OLED mm. Switch is going up against Valve's new Steam Deck. Oh, it's getting hot and spicy. So stay tuned for that. We break down a lot of things, talk about a lot of things, discuss a lot of uh, potential issues <laughs> and successes. And yeah, that covers it. Good music. Welcome to It is July 20th, 2021. Welcome back to the Intergamer Podcast. Yes, we are back, everybody. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. You can make this podcast better So uh, by just listening to us and talking to us and watching Austin drink drink sparkling grapefruit water and all that stuff. Uh, but anyway. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, you're, 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 you're okay. We make this podcast for our fans. So if you have any feedback, you can send us a message at theinnergamer.net and we would love to hear from you. If you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us. If you want to make the show better, you can consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. Visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. We also stream on Twitch every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. So you make sure you give us a follow at twitch.tv slash theinnergamercast to get a notification when we go live because you know you want to get a notification when we go live. And yeah. we're going to talk about the games we've been playing. I know it's been a while since you guys have heard of us. It's been two weeks. A uh, long time. I know. It's been a while. It, it feels weird. like a long time, actually. It's weird that we didn't have a podcast last I know. Last weekend. last weekend, instead of podcasting, we played video games all day. Isn't that crazy? We actually played some video games. <laughs> oh, my Dude, God. It was like eight hours of game playing. Yeah. So. That's what we played. We played Avengers. Then we played some Apex Legends, right? Yep. Did we play anything else? i trying to remember. Uh, don't think so. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway. Rocket League? Uh, yeah, we probably played some Rocket League. We probably played some Rocket League. So we've been gaming, y'all. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, Austin, you picked up a new game recently I that did. you've been playing through. What have you been playing? I've been playing Scarlet Nexus. and uh, Tell me about Scarlet Nexus. What's this about? On PlayStation, it came out, I'm playing on PlayStation 5, but it's also on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. I'm going to read this... Uh, thing on their website because it's uh, kind of confusing because it's anime and it's a lot of craziness. Okay. Uh, in the far distant future, a psionic hormone was discovered in the human brain, granting people extra sensory powers, powers and changing the world as we know it, just as humanity was entering the new era. Deranged mutants known as others began to descend on the, from the sky with a thirst for human brains. Highly resistant to conventional attack methods, extreme measures needed to be taken to battle the overwhelming threat and preserve humanity. Those were those with acute extrasensory abilities, known as psionics, 
uh, were our chance to fight the onslaught from above. To this day, the Sionics have been scouted from their talents and recruited uh, to other suppression force, the OSF, Humanity's Last Line of Defense. So basically, you're a dude who has these powers, and you join this the OSF to fight the others, and you go into battle, and you use your cool powers, and you can team up with other people, and you can use their powers too to supplement, uh, not supplement, but to add, like boost your own and... It's interesting, and when I watched the trailer, I was, you know, I like anime stuff, so it kind of struck my fancy, and I haven't really played an anime game for, in a, in a while. I think yeah. the last one was Nino Kuni, okay. which was like two years ago, like 2018, 2019. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was decent, and it wasn't technically my forte, but I thought, thought the story was, you know, fairly interesting, at least enough to keep going, and I jump into this one, and... The gameplay is pretty straightforward. I mean, you got a light attack, a heavy attack. You can dodge. You can um, do, like, these combos. And then, you obviously, you have your powers. And the guy who I play, who at the beginning, you could pick a guy or a girl, and I picked a guy. Yeah. So he has uh, telekinesis, so he can throw things around, and it's really cool. Um, so, but it, I, I felt like the combat is actually fairly, fairly simple. Like, there's really? not much to it. I mean, as you start grouping up later within the story, you start grouping up with people, and you can use their powers, like invisibility. Uh, there's one that um, it, someone, like, raises a dust cloud, and so one, some, one person's powers allows you to, like, see in the dust cloud. It's I forgot what they called it. Um, uh, another one, like, gives you, like, super shield. So you go into these battles, and you, depending on the enemy you're fighting, you have to decide which power you're going to use and the powers don't last very long and then over time as you play more with these people you can do side quests for them or with them and it helps raise their ability to last longer or do more it helps you with that ability in the, in the long run okay so there's that yeah. but i actually have decided to not play this game anymore how much have you played i played five hours okay it's official. I saw it on my save. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. It's actually six hours, but I left the game <clears throat> on for a little bit one time. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, it's very linear in the way that you play this game. Uh, like, after you join the OSF, you, you join uh, one of the, the groups, like, I guess there's, like, little groups within this world, and they have a commander, and they take people underneath them, and then they go out and do missions. Yeah. I guess it's a squad something like that. I forgot what they officially call it. But, uh, like, one is you're supposed to go and protect this, or, like, just scout the city, and it's super linear, and you run around this very, like, small area, and it kind of seems big. I mean, looking out in the distance, it looks really cool because everything they have in the game, but... In the end, I was just like, man, this is just, like, way too linear for me. But maybe I'm just so used to Avengers-type stuff where it's very linear, but there's just this big area you can kind of run around and do stuff in, even though it's not, it's not really a, <laughs> the best of uh, worlds to, to play in either. Yeah. So, like, in comparison to, like, you know, say Outriders, which is also a pretty linear yes. experience, is that... I would say it's... Same kind of deal where it's, like, you... Kind it's of fell off linear. of that. More linear than that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. At least they like they have little areas where you can go explore or yeah. like do side quests in. And this, they don't have that. It's yeah. just like, here's the area. Do your mission. Yeah. Things happen. And so I was a little disappointed. I thought I might really enjoy this. And at first I, I was, um, but in the end, I was just 
Just not going to cut it, yeah. sadly. But the cool thing is they actually released an anime alongside this on Funimation. Oh, that's cool. So I kind of just want to go watch that. Yeah. Because I, I think if this was <clears throat> this as an anime, I would get into. And after like playing this game, I've noticed there's a... I guess this is the trend for anime in general. But it's like all the ones that are popular are this guy who joins this force or coalition of people. And they have units and they're kind of like the young person, so they have to work their way up to the top type thing. And, you know, or it's like a school of some kind. Like, there is like this story trend that just seems to follow yeah. a lot of animes. I'm like, that's kind of weird now seeing it. You know? Yeah. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, My Hero Academia is kind of like that. Yeah. If you know about that one, I've, I know of it. I haven't watched it, but yeah. Yeah. Who are you, Brett? Yeah. I, know, I haven't watched any anime. I'm really bad. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, that's interesting about the uh, the combat and stuff like that because I <clears throat> everything I've listened to when people talk about this game, they love this game. Like there, there's been some people I've heard that really love this game because the combat's so great, and that's what shines in here. They're like, this is one of the best combat systems I've played in a long in this year, but the story's terrible. Like they said, the story's not that fun and engaging, but they're keeping into it because of how much fun they've had with the combat. And like we're watching a video right now, and it is it is interesting. Like I love the fact that you can like utilize all the environmental like things around you with the psychokinesis stuff. Yeah, and like combo that stuff together with your your combat combat moves. Kind of reminds me of like things you do with uh like Avengers and stuff like that with like different combos and abilities. Is there a skill tree to this? There is skill tree. Okay, it's so not very like, big, but maybe it expands over time. Yeah. Uh, it seems pretty small. There's I no mean, gear or anything, right? It's just like you just. There, there is gear, but I mean, I haven't really come across. I have a sword, and maybe you get a better sword later on. It has the ability to like buy the same sword at a vendor, but I mean, obviously, I don't need it. Yeah. Um, but that hasn't really been like a like a key feature I've noticed. But yeah, I mean, the combos are cool. I mean, you can do these like um, what is it called? Like these quick time events. Where it's like a super cinematic combo, which is very anime based, and and I enjoy it. I mean, they're yeah. cool, but yeah, it just got there was just too much of the same. I mean, it's basically like you're going from like space to face, space to space, like fighting bad guys, and continuing to go fight more bad. Like it's like kind of like with Call of Duty, like you enter a room, you fight a bunch of bad guys, you go to the next room, you fight a bunch of bad guys. Yeah. Is that like this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about exactly. bosses? Like, what are the bosses like? Because this seems like a boss. They're fairly, game. they're they're tough. They're tough. Yeah, I mean, are like what what are they? Are they frequent? Like, is this like is this uh, kind of like a Souls like game where it's like centered around like no. boss encounters and stuff like that, or are they just kind of there to kind of like end levels and things as you progress through different parts of the world? I mean, I know this one boss that I had to fight, which was really hard, but it was just um... okay. Now there's two. There's two, and the first one wasn't even that hard. Um, First one was super easy, but it was like, yeah, we're supposed to go to this town and scout the area, and then we stumble across this boss, and then it was like, well, hold out to, you know, we we get there, because you need backup, but obviously, we Dead, had hold out, yeah. uh, we kicked some ass, and then the other one was, um, well, I don't want to spoil it, it's kind that of a story, cool. story thing, um, but that one, that one was way more tough, because it did certain things that you had to watch out for, and uh, you had to use the abilities... Uh, at certain times in order to get the most damage done but because uh, you had to stun stun the boss yeah. but the stun wouldn't last very long so you had to really like be on your toes right. so you had to go in do your damage get out because it's about to get back up and start attacking again and um, 
That one was a little more fun, but it just took forever. Yeah. Longer than I wanted to. I don't you know. Think- I, might, I might jump back in again and see what happens, see if anything changes. Um, the way they have these cutscenes, as Brett's looking at now, it's not like normal anime where, you know, cutting back and forth. Like, they got screens that move around. Yeah. That I find an yeah. interesting. The art style, what I've seen so far, is pretty interesting. Like, it's got a cool visual aesthetic to it. With the city environments and like some of the mechanics and stuff that were thrown in here, it's it's pretty pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is like not my kind of game, so it's not something I would jump into. Right. I'm interested about the the linear side side of it being a deterrent for you, because I know we've we used to talk about like linear being more of a a want in some cases because of the fact that it you could follow a better story, right. whereas open world sometimes lacked in story but i guess we've been so exposed now to open world games that have been able to succeed in the story front that might have changed that mindset a little bit more than yeah than I, I think it's i think it's more of the, uh, there's a well the greater thing is a pacing issue here because i'm so used mm. to how enemies are animes are told through the visual aspect and there's pacing there and they know how to build up tension and then have those shock factors and then like there's that cliffhanger stuff and you know someone's rising up to meet the um meet the challenge and it's just like this oh yeah like i'm so pumped and here it's like you're getting stopped all the time by these uh by these little tutorial things that happen even six hours in they're still popping up yeah and being like hey do this do this don't forget that i mean there's a lot to this game obviously and i mean you probably want them and maybe i mean maybe there's a way to turn it off that I oh should. yeah, there definitely is. But it's it's just like it's very jarring to the to me being immersed in this world, and um, like uh, in this one part Brett's looking at there's a there's a city, but it's not very big, and you can literally you just like run up and down the street, and there's like se- several things that happen in the city, and it's just like well that's that's the that's the city, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like not much there. I mean, looking at it and seeing into the distance, like yeah there's a visual aspect to it that makes you feel like you're in the giant city and there's so much more to it. And, you know, my imagination goes a little wild to kind of think about what's going on. But at the same time, it's, there's not much to really fill in more of what I want to see. And then again, yeah, like though, like having more open world games, I guess I'm now getting used to that and I kind of want to see more of that, not necessarily need it all, you know? I wonder if it'll open up later on because like that was one of the it things might, that I thought was might. interesting about like playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. Like I'd never played a Japanese game like this before, and in that game, it's like the first seven, six or seven hours of me playing, I was in this little small open world uh, town, and then I was like, "This is a really tiny open world." Like I thought this would be much bigger and have a lot more to do, and then story beats happen, and then it takes me to another location, and now it's like four times the size and now I'm there. But that was like six, that was seven hour investment basically to get to that point because in Yakuza, it's like the exposition is so there's so much exposition. There's so much like so many cutscenes and so many things. It's just like, I mean the prologue itself was like three hours long mm. just to get to the first chapter, yeah. which was insane. It's just like they, the way that in which they tell the stories and so like, but it was engaging. It was interesting, yeah. but it just took a while to get there. And like, I see stuff here where it's like, you're talking about the tutorials that come in later, like same deal with Yakuza. It's like, you're getting like new things that they threw in there. That's like, Oh, you can go to a vocational school now. And like, that's where you go to like take a class. Mm-hmm. And when you take that class, then it skills up one of your like attribute, like your traits. Mm-hmm. So like you can be better at communicating 
like, you know, improve your, um, your passion or improve your persuasion or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and you do that, but you didn't discover that until like 12, 13 hours in the game. I was like, shit, like, oh I've been playing this for a long time before there's a whole nother place here that I can do. Yeah. So it just seems like it a might, game it, mechanic or game design thing for, I guess, like Asian yeah, s- Japanese games. games or something potentially. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I put more time into it, maybe something will change and I just don't know about it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean hey, if you're five hours styles. into it, it's like, yeah, it's it may not be your cup of tea and that's totally f- yeah. you know, fine. I mean, there's things in here that I still don't understand. I, and I find it funny. They have a, I, 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 I guess it's different. I'm so used to these other games where like, you know, when you're talking to somebody, like you, you'll call them. But maybe yeah. this is something with like Asian games in general. But like they call you and you like talk to them over, you know, I don't know, like you're talking to yeah. them. And this, like they have text messages yeah, that you have to read and reply to. Oh, really? And so, like, there's this whole thread. But at the same time, the whole kind of, like, thing about these people is that they have um, they have this, like, implant in their head or they're atta- attached to this kind of internet-type thing where they can chat with each other, mm-hmm. like, within their head. And there is this talking of each other. Yeah. Like, you can communicate from a f- distance with each other in your head, but it's kind of like cell phone. So Okay. But I just found it interesting that there's, like, text messages. Like, is that a time? Is that, like, something of our time? Uh, and now we have text messages in games. I mean, I guess you had that in. Uh, you have that in different things. GTA Five. Yeah, GTA Five will have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the sign of our time. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. But yeah, right now I'm I'm on the decline for this game. Yeah, sadly. But I mean, if it's something that you think you'd like, I I'd, I'd say pick it up. I think there's good things here, but for me, it's just kind of fallen off. Yeah, and I was pumped early on. I thought I was having fun early on, but six hours in. They say, uh, looking at how long to beat, it's about 25 hours for the main story, 32 hours for main plus extras, That's not 63 bad. to complete. Yeah, so it's uh, much shorter than um, That's not bad. my Yakuza game that I'm playing, which is God. 45 hours for the main story, 65 and a half for main plus extras, <laughs> and I'm at 32 right now. So, yeah. What I will say about the cutscenes is that they, they have these little like floating cells of things happening. Looks like comic books. Yeah, it's kind of like comic books. But then it'll just, sometimes it'll warp into an actual cutscene that lasts for like five seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Why would you just make it all? I mean, it's cheaper I f- probably to do this where right, it's not right. moving consistently and just the mouse are moving. But I think it is cheaper. I like the way it looks, though. I think it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, definitely think of it like, you know, you're reading an anime comic book or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like uh, the animation in there, which is nice. Yeah, I think it's definitely a budget thing more than anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like ma- you're, they're basically time. like doing concept art shots and then just like, yeah, mouth yeah. movements. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. So you would say right now probably not worth buying full price, but if it comes like. Well, I think you should see what is offered. And if you think you like it, I mean, pick it up. I mean, pe- I think this is a very specific audience. Yeah. And those people probably know if they're going to like it or not. Yeah. So, cool. But if you're on the, the fence, I mean, I I don't know. But gameplay is pretty good. Yeah, it's fairly decent. Yeah. I mean, maybe it opened, maybe it's a little more exciting over time. I just felt like at the six hours in, I felt like I knew what was happening and there wasn't much more going on for it. And it's like I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. So, well, that's Scarlet Nexus. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, another game we've been jumping into is uh, Loop Hero. Yes. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast this year, you would have heard us have a guest on. It's a Game Sharks podcast. We had them on uh, back in, I want to say, February or March era or whatever. And uh, they talked very highly of Loop Hero. And we finally got around to jumping into it playing it trying it out and uh i've been playing quite a bit um not quite a bit i'd say i've, I've played five or six rounds probably and uh, the, just if nobody listened to the podcast last time where we talked about this i'll give a brief overview you are a character who doesn't know how they got there they're having some kind of weird like it's it's like a kind of a mind trip thing or something i guess because they're like entering these encounters and they they're able to get out of these encounters but by being saved but it's like something it's like almost like a memory thing that they're having it's like they're reliving memories in this like loop aspect of some kind but they uh uh in this game you ultimately like the mechanic is it's like a it's a it's like a cookie clicker kind of aspect but much more advanced in the the design and you start by your you have a little character that's on the screen it's like a top-down view there's a a pathway and your character just runs that path. And along that path, there are enemies that will show up along along the path. Starts with like little slime characters. And then eventually uh, what happens is as your character runs this loop, he'll enter boss encounter or enemy encounters. It'll open up a screen. They'll duke it out and fight. You're not controlling anything. It's just happening. And they're fighting each other. And then once they kill it, then the guy keeps on moving. So you are basically like controlling the environment that the player is playing in. And after the character kills things, you will unlock cards that the cards can then be used for um, placing on the battlefield to help or increase the challenge of your player. So some of it could be like cards that you add to the pathway that'll make an environment that could spawn skeletons or spiders or vampires or whatever it might be. Um, and there's other things you can add to the exterior around the island, around the, the pathway that enhances his abilities. So like rocks, for example, will grant additional HP. Um, Meadows will give the ability to uh, increase the um, the regeneration every time you pass through the campfire because there's a campfire at one set location on the pathway. So as the character travels around the whole entire path, he'll get to a campfire and that'll reset the day and then he'll recharge whatever he needs to do and he'll go on the path again. And you also unlock uh, gear as you're progressing that you can then load into your character and increase his capabilities to hopefully survive longer and longer. Um, and this like planning mode is done by a simple button click of the space space bar so you start an adventure it's just auto running you hit space bar and then you can start placing your stuff down on the battlefield and let him just do his run so you're not controlling him you're just controlling the world around him and he continues to level up and if you want to you can keep on running and running and running until he either dies or forever so yeah. you got those options um, point is to gain resources to go back to your camp so you can unlock things to make you better. Yes. And live longer. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. There's so. a story though, and I don't know exactly what the story is all about. I haven't got very far in this game, but Yeah, I haven't really understood this story. And I think it's like How you much know, have it's, you played? Mm, probably four hours ish. Okay. Something like that. Um yeah, I haven't quite understood the story yet, but all I know is my resource gathering has been poor because the first time I went in, it was a su su successful run. The second time I went in, I died. Did so, you kill the lich at the end? No. I probably died. Oh. 
Yeah. I think it's a successful, successful run if you kill that guy at the end. Oh, maybe I didn't. What was it yeah. part of the tutorial in the first part? Where it's just like it took me back to the campfire uh, at the beginning. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. the first part. Never yeah. Mind. Is there an end of the run? I thought you just keep on going. So, so did you get to the lich? Yeah, several several of the the maps, like or several of the times I went on the run, you get to the very end, and there's like a lich, and I got him down to half health one time. Okay. That dude is a beast, and he fucks you up. Man, you got farther than I did, I think. Yeah. Um, I've gotten there twice. Okay. I think. How much, how high did your gear get up to before you got to him? Uh, eight, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, you definitely did. Six to eight. Like, that's the kind of gear I had. I kept dying sooner than that. It's like, man, it's, they were just like, because I started, maybe I shouldn't have been putting as much stuff on the battlefield that's like harder for my character. But every time I get a card, well, I throw it on the battlefield. <laughs> and I've been doing that too. And there is a game with in that itself. Because you can let those stack up, and then some start to disappear over time. So you have that going for you. But you also get these one cards that allow you to destroy anything on the path and or right. destroy something that you've placed. Right. So say you put too many uh, vampire mansions down, like maybe you want to destroy some because they're fucking you up. So it's like you want to keep those cards, but then things start to build up over time, and eventually you have too much of something, and you, then you just got to place it. So I, I don't know. I just got used to just placing everything. Yeah. But that's probably not the best. I was gonna say, yeah, because I was placing all the things, and my guy was just like getting his ass kicked. Yeah. But then I collected some resources, and I go back and I upgraded my um, whatever the first thing is that you unlock, and I upgraded that for a little bit, and was able to get some more, more something. I don't remember what it was, but it gave me something more that was a boost in the game. But it's a, uh, it's harder than I thought it'd be. Like, there's definitely, you got to be paying attention. I know, and right? I turned up the speed on it because I was just, yeah. you know, 1x was too slow, so I turned up to 4x, like the maximum you could go. Yeah. And then that's, like, where you really got to start paying attention because you're like, oh, my gosh, he's, like, just but, keeps moving in, like, every few I stops. And you try, I'm trying like to something. stop the thing so yeah. I can put cars down, and it's just like, da 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 Yeah. God dang it. I'll, like, keep stopping it, like, whenever the screen pops up for the battle. It's like, oh, you can't do anything in the battle because yeah. it's in the battle, so you got to wait till it's done. You got to make sure you put the space bar again. But... Did you mention the the gear you can get? Yes, a okay, little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. killing certain monsters allows you to get certain rarity of gear. So there's like the gray gear, which you just normally get early on. Then there's blue, orange, and yellow. I think that's how it goes. I I, I forgot which one's more rare, orange or yellow. Yeah. But um, yeah, you get that stuff. You usually get pretty good gear from killing vampires along the way, and they're super hard. Um. And then there's one that you can put down, which is, I think, a battlefield that allows you to spawns a chest every run. Yeah. So it allows you to get really good gear. And uh, all the gear has, like, different stats for it. So, like, some, like, do damage to all enemies. So sometimes you're fighting more than one enemy. And so when you attack one, you're doing damage to all. And then some is, like, you can uh, vampirism, so you get health back from attacking enemy. And it's just, it increases so fast. Yeah. Oh, it's rough, man. It's interesting because, like, this game, I thought it would be a little bit more passive in how you play it, but no, it's very yeah. active. Like, you have to be very actively paying attention to it every every moment. Yeah, the Game Shorts guys were like, yeah, you just put it on the background. Yeah, because I was thinking of it like, you know, Cookie Clicker, where it's like you could, if you don't do anything, your clues are continuing to grow. It just won't increase in uh, production over time. So you won't, like, exponentially increase your production, but you'll keep producing. <laughs> and this, right. it's like, if you keep them running, like, your guy's eventually going to die. Because oh, you're yeah. not upgrading his armor and you're getting more guys out there and stuff like that. It's just kind of crazy. Um, but it's really cool. I mean, it's been fun so far. I was, uh, 
So there's some interesting features in here for like nostalgia purposes. Like by default, they have this like old school pixel like text that looks like something out of yes. like a medieval whatever. But then you can turn on like high resolution text or just like aerial. And then there's even a <laughs> CRT mode that makes your screen like kind of like like it's on a like a you know rounded screen and adds like some vignetting to the edges and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool. That yeah, was cool. Just a little little. F- funky little additions there so i'm trying to figure out the combinations here so watch this gameplay and um you can put all these like uh mountains together to create like a giant mountain which spawns a harpy yeah so a harpy will come out every so often but then uh, i know if you put the forest down obviously i think this guy has like treasure uh buildings and he's putting forests around them so like certain combinations of certain tiles together allow you to get certain resources that you want in order to upgrade your um your camp yeah that, that build take back with that you. building's cool because like if you place it down you have to place it where there's like free tiles around you and then no matter what you put around it every time you put something around it it'll get you resources and if you fill it up on all nine sides it'll give you a whole bunch of resources out of it oh, and you get see, multiples of those that you can lay down um so that's why he has like you know <clears throat> that well, he has them all surrounded but yeah there he goes again so he just got some more resources hey, and he filled it up so then that. it gives him a shit ton of resources because wow. he's got it all surrounded wow so um that's well, a nice feature just to be clear there's a road that you can place stuff down and around and then there's like a center point where you can that has its own kind of tile structure that you can it's always different you can put stuff down there and then you have a tile structure that surrounds the road within a distance that you can put stuff down around there. So like you get a forest tile, you want to put the forest tile like around the road, uh, in a certain combination. Then you have mountains you can put down too. And it's just like, yeah, you figure out all these combinations to get your loot. So when you leave this area, you can take a decent amount back with you because you lose some when you leave or die. Though it doesn't have to, as long as you, if you leave at the campfire, you don't lose anything. If you leave at the campfire, right? So you so, have to stop at the campfire. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So if you leave before you get to the campfire, it's going to warn you, uh, you haven't escaped. You're going to lose some of your gear. You lose, I think 30% of your gear you collected. Mm-hmm. Um, if you die, you lose 60% of your gear. But if you get to the campfire and you make it all the way around in a full day and you pause at the campfire, you can leave at the campfire and you can take everything with you. Wow. I've been doing this wrong the whole time. I just yeah. been leaving. Yeah. I just leave. Yeah, no, campfire will is your safe safe point. So, um, but I I one time I played and I, like I had to leave because if I kept going to the campfire, there was like fifty thousand guys between me and the campfire. I was like, I at that point I had like two hundred health left, and there was no way I was gonna survive. Man, it was bad. See, I've been doing this whole treasure thing wrong too. Yeah, what about the treasure? You've been doing it wrong. So I I would just put it somewhere random, and I wouldn't put it in the forest. Oh, okay. I want to put forest tiles around it. Yeah. Now that I know, I well, mean, the, I knew the, certain things would. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out combos. And I didn't yeah. Know that so one. the rocks too. The reason why you put the rocks together is this, they stack. So if you have them adjacent to one another, it'll increase the um, the uh, overall. It's a it's a stacking ability basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's like if they're separated, it's just like five. But I think if you put them next to each other, it's like it it exponentially increases <clears throat> the amount of health that you get. Gotcha. Um, which is kind of cool. But, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. A lot to I it. definitely had a good good time with it so far. <clears throat> I could definitely see myself jumping in every once in a while, just be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna run a couple loops and yeah. progress forward. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, uh, what was that game I played? <clears throat> you played it as well with me. 
You dying? Um, which one? Are you dying? No. Okay. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> got to get some water. Um, but it was a uh, Wargroove. Remember Wargroove? Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. different because that's more of a tactics, strat- tactics game. This is more like kind of tower defense, but you're not defending with like turrets and shit. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of like a tower defense kind of game. Right. But it's got that kind of strategic placement of elements that really makes a difference but it, i mean it's it's a cool it's a cool game and it's like i think it's like 20 30 bucks be on switch i don't know if it can translate to the switch because having the mouse and keyboard is so helpful with this. yeah i don't think i'd play this on the switch i mean unless they figured out i guess you could tap the screen yeah but you, you could, need it bigger if it had the you like drag and drop and just use screen, touch screen and stuff t- yeah but touch screen definitely don't want to be using like mount like uh they know, would have to redesign controls. it somehow yeah Everything would have because to like be the side, bigger. The side menu with your gear needs to be bigger. The side menu would have to like be hidden, so it'd be like yes. a swipe thing where you like swipe right. it in, and then the cards would show up on the, the bottom yeah. or something. Yeah, instead of having like space bar to like start and stop, you just swipe out from the right. That would then pause the game and let you like reconfigure your stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that would be easy. Yeah, like the cards. I mean, even the cards might have to go away or something. Oh, yeah, you get on it, Austin. You got this. All right, come on, Switch. Yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, it's cool. <clears throat> so we've also been playing some other games, everybody. Man. Games we've been talking about We're just going to do all the games today. We're just going to do all the games. Uh, so we recently jumped into uh, Apex Legends again. Uh, we had an inkling to do it because of what was the reason we jumped back into it? Just because of the arena mode? No, because me and you have been talking about playing it for yeah, a while. We talk- oh, yeah, yeah, because we said on the last podcast, we are like, okay, we're going to play it today. Last two We're going to watch it. Last two podcasts, yeah. But we definitely, for sure, like committed to like, okay, tonight we're going to play it. Yeah. And then I think that night we did play it. We got Jason on board. <clears throat> I got yeah, Travis yeah. to play it again. He still doesn't want to play it anymore. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my coworker, Nick, has been playing it as well. He's oh, got nice. it on PlayStation. So nice. he, uh, he uh, will we'll jump into Discord and play through that. Um, he's actually been playing a lot of it. He's like playing it like almost every night. Nice. So he's he's pretty That's into awesome, it. Man. But um, but yeah, no. Apex has been cool. It's it's wild jumping back into it because last time we played was probably like what six months ago, eight months ago, something like that. Like last season. Yeah. Well, whatever. That I think was. before that. I mean, this is what season nine now. Yeah. The last time I played was seven. six or seven. I think actually six was the last season I played. Okay. Because last time I played, okay. uh, I no, could still right. use right. EA Play Pro to get the free battle pass. You're right. You're right. And now I don't get the free battle pass anymore, which is bullshit. I might have but, jumped into seven for like a second. Yeah, I think you, you might have. Um, but now we have a bunch of new new heroes that have been introduced. Like last time I was in it, Watson was the only hero that was new. Mm, mm. Um, and then now we have like five, four or five more that are pretty pretty different and awesome like there's a uh, fuse which is the uh guy looks like dr disrespect um <laughs> but he is a did grenadier. you hear someone say that or is that years well when you they Your first no when they first announced it it like that's the first thing i thought and then everybody else started making that meme online of like this is dr disrespect i was like yeah freaking totally is it looks just like him um that's hilarious man and i wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't like intentional whatever happened to that guy he's still around he's still i know he is i just never things. hear about him anymore and you know no. what it's because everyone banned him yeah basically here we go so yeah, we got fuse uh we got horizon gravitation manipulator uh loba translocating thief and we got rampart the ampid modder she could put down uh shields two shields i think and then we have valkyrie which is the winged Avenger. She is super OP, man. Super OP. I love Valkyrie. I need to play her. I haven't played her yet, but I That's have her down. So good. 
Did I buy her? I can't remember if I bought her or not. I think you did. Uh, also, Loba is amazing. Like, Loba... I'm trying to figure out, like, a good combination here. Maybe maybe if you had Gibraltar, Loba, and Valkyrie. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of combinations you can do here. But I feel like Loba is is underused these days. Then again, I don't, I don't play super much, but I just know that Loba can put down her little uh, black market and then you can just start pulling stuff from everything around you. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, can you imagine having that in a, in a pinch when you need something? Yeah. At, towards the end of the game, you just throw this down and stuff just starts warping to you. Like, yeah. oh, now I can heal myself. Or now I have like a, a I found a gold item, you know? Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> Um, and then I'll, I didn't realize her passive ability lets her just see legendary loot through walls. So oh, shit. she can like, without it, just like running around, like she can see, oh, there's an epic item over there. Oh, there's a legendary item over there. And like point it out for people and stuff like that. So the same range as the black market boutique. So she can passively always see gear in the area. But so then when she lays it down, you don't have to go to that gear to get it. That's pretty good. For the ultimate. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty crazy. I've been playing a lot of Bangalore. I've been trying to get, get better at her, and I really like her. Um, I feel like I don't use her stuff enough. I just get so into the game. Right. Like, well, her like, smoke ability is, like, super effective. That oh, was, like, man. a really popular, like, uh, you know, um, use case back in the day. People would just drop smoke when they entered oh, yeah. into bases and stuff like that and just started wailing on people close quarters. Yeah, and it's nice if you hit them. If you hit an enemy, it does actual damage to them. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's only 10 damage, but oh, still, really? it's, like, it's nice that it does something. Yeah. Like, it could just bounce off of them. Yeah. But, um, and then been trying to do Bloodhound, too. I love Bloodhound. Bloodhound's yeah. a great character. Apparently, Caustic, which was my go-to guy back in the day, uh, he, he no longer is, like, that great. Yeah. I tried using him, but I was, like, I, I played him. I laid down his gas traps and stuff like that. And then people, they just they figured out his, his tactic now. So they walk in a room. And you have to blow up his gas traps for it to work, right. but they can just blow up the base before I even get to blow up the gas trap. So you have to have vicinity, like visual eyesight to the gas traps. If you place it right, they rock around our corners. You know, they're kind of screwed. So is it is it like like motion activated? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think yeah, so once it comes them. in... No, you know. Well, you can shoot them from afar, but they're not activating. Yeah, and they can, like, destroy them, basically. But, well, if, well if I mean, sh- I could shoot them, too, yes. So if you but shoot... Like, if you shoot the black bubble or the yeah. black, it'll ex- explode the gas. But if you shoot the base yeah, of the thing, it'll destroy, destroy it. it. Yeah. But apparently he's not as great anymore. Um, not that he was like super amazing, but I just like the gas trap. And I have, I have like, he has a bunch of awesome skins. And now, like, I'll probably never get to use them anymore. Well, you but should. They, they still require him to go in and for those uh, dailies and weeklies. Yeah. It's like, play this character, these said characters. X amount of times or whatever. Yeah. But what have you been playing? You've been playing Gibraltar. Yeah, I've, I've still, like, used Gibraltar pretty regularly just because, um, I mean, having his uh, gun shield's really great. Um, Dome protection, when I remember to use it, is nice to basically block attacks, especially when we're trying to escape somewhere. Yeah. I was like, drop the dome and, like, we'll run away. Um, and then just, like, the bombardment is really nice when we're, like, in the last, like, final bits or whatever. I can, like, just drop a bombardment out somewhere and you know hopefully do some damage to people or at least stop them from like engaging with us so we can get away but then bloodhound's my second most played character before the new updates but now that the new updates are here like i've been using valkyrie a lot because i really love her ability to um i mean just uh, i have a jetpack 
So it's like if I want to get somewhere, I don't have to think about like finding a, a ladder or climbing or anything like that. You need to find season nine gameplay. Oh, whoops. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so like I can use her her jetpack just to fly around, and she's got fuel in it, and it like lasts for a very long time. So I can like fly through the air and do all kinds of cool shit and like get to high buildings with like ease more than I used to. And then she's got the missile swarm, which like I haven't really figured out how to make it work real well. Cause like usually when I attack, I feel like it's, it's not very accurate and it's like aiming, like it'll do some damage to them, but it's not, not what I was hoping it would be as it's like, doesn't cause as much uh, crazy mayhem damage. It's more broad spread. So like break disperse a group, but that's about all it does. I've seen someone, uh, obviously someone really good, and they down two people and then use a barrage and finish them off from afar. With a missile storm? With a missile yeah. storm, yeah. And I was like, dude. That's cool. Damn. Can you imagine that? Like, you don't even have to get close to them. But then I don't know how long it takes for it to recharge. Um, I want to say it's like eight seconds from my dad. It's actually pretty quick. Dang, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much damage it actually does. Right. But I was like, that's, that's good. Yeah. Because then you don't have to go, like, even if they have their shield, well, I guess you have to, yeah, even if they have their shield, because it's going to land all around them, so it's still going to hit them behind Yeah. Them. It's not as powerful, powerful as you think it is, though. Like, it's powerful, like, if you really land it just right, but, I mean, it's it definitely has to be pretty accurate. Like, it's not like you drop the uh, the the air airstrike with uh, Gibraltar and you're going to, like, you know, do all kinds of damage and yeah. stuff like that. It's very much but more. But it stuns them, too, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll disorient them a little yeah, bit, like, which is nice. that's really yeah. good, too. Um, I mean, if they're down, yeah, it's just super yeah. easy to kill them. But obviously, if they're up, yeah. I don't know. It's still, I think it's great. Oh yeah, I need to play her because <clears> I no, want to try. It she's out. awesome. I mean, it's just another thing to your art. And then her ultimate is is cool because it's like basically like a, the blimp, but yeah, anywhere you want to be. And as long as like your team, like you can like alert your team and say like, "Hey, I'm about to launch." They come on and they, I think they press E or whatever to like latch onto you, and that is press the button space bar and it launches me up in the air and then I can just like fly us to the next location. Yeah. So like no matter we can escape a freaking you know uh, it's a force field coming in, coming in yeah. like circle coming in like really easily. Uh, so funny story with that. Uh, we were, Brett got the character and then he's like, "Hey, let's try this ultimate." So <laughs> he's like, "Come to me, come to me." So me and Jason came to him, and uh, we'll get the. Oh, so Jason started playing with us for the first time. So he he knows nothing about this game, and he's just you know hanging out with us. And uh, <laughs> Brett, we go up to Brett, and he's like, "Okay, y'all 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 good?" And I was like, "Yeah." And Brett just takes off. He's like, "All right, let's go." And we're like, "Brett, we're still down here. What the fuck?" I know. I thought it was just like a vicinity uh, thing, but definitely was not. Baby spider right there. If you want to kill it. Just smack it. Oh, where'd he go? We have a spider. It's right here. I can't. He's just flying around. Oh, I'll get it. Freaking babies. They're little punks. I don't know where he was. Okay. We got him somewhere. He's up there somewhere. No, he's dead now. No, I think I got him down here. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Um, yeah, so I thought that was hilarious. Brett just took off and went flying away. And we're like, okay, we're going to run the rest of the way. But uh, we got Jason on board, and he started playing Lifeline. I feel like that's a good starting character yeah. because you can heal. And um, Lifeline's new ability or new updates to her character was she could put down her little heal bot, and the heal bot actually revives people. You don't have to – it's no longer Lifeline healing people. And I think this is a little older than uh, the current season, yeah. but I haven't got to experience it yet, and it was sweet. So it took away her shield. She no longer has a shield as far as I know. And Because um, before you spelled a – put a shield up and then you could 
uh, heal somebody like you would normally yeah. um, if you're trying to pick someone up. And I was just like, man, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So you can run away and let the bot do its thing and be in the fight and you're not down in person, which is super helpful. Yeah. But, I mean, she always had the ability to heal really quick, so that was like yeah. the perk of her being there. But yeah. Well, one thing that was really interesting that happened a couple about a week ago was uh, Apex Legends was hacked by hackers who were frustrated with Timefall because Timefall 1 is still going strong and people are still playing it. Um, not super strong, but, like, there's still people out there that play it. And um, I guess there were some people that were pissed off that there was a lot of hackers in Titanfall. So they decided to tell Respawn, send a message, and hack Apex Legends to make a message and say, hey, you need to fix Timefall. Um, but one of the negatives with it was the people that hacked it sent a message to basically said, like, go to savetitanfall.com to learn more about, like, what our point is here. And that savetimeoff.com was ran by not the hackers, but a community group that just loves Timefall and was like, hey, we have a lot of hackers in this game. We need help. And so whenever the hacks happen, they were under scrutiny that this group that had this website was the ones that were actually hacking. And they're like, no, 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 we didn't do any of this. We're just, we have this website here, but the hackers, you know, sent them to us just to, because we had the message on our website, but we didn't actually do the hack. So they all, they all got wrongfully accused that wow. they were the ones that, you know, hacked a system yeah. and it didn't actually happen. So eventually like the hackers like took down them pointing to that website, but it still wasn't enough to like kind of hurt their image a little bit. Like now people think that they were the hackers that actually hacked into the system yeah, um, and fucked up apex legends, which obviously pissed off a lot of people. Um, so that was, that was a whole thing that happened like last week and kind of interesting, but Respawn apparently needs to fix their their Titanfall if they want to make people happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't or just bring out a new Titanfall. That, that's what they need to do. But I will, will they? I don't know. Yeah, I probably mean, not. I don't know. Probably I'd love not. to see it, them do it, but yeah, probably not. I mean, I think things need to change for Titanfall too. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what to make, do to make that game come back, with, be successful. Uh, new Titanfall. That's it. I mean, now is a good time to try to revamp that series somebody came out and said that they should just remaster Titanfall 2 and re-release it and i think that'd be a really smart idea because you don't need to do much to it and i bet because i mean the whole reason they fucked that up when they launched it a week before battlefield one like that was dumb yes and now that it's like i mean people love the story it was great gameplay all right go ahead finish it was awesome I i got something to say about it okay yeah, that's okay. great. Yeah, I went back and tried to play the story again, and I got kind of far in it. And, and then I was like, you know what? I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah, so your opinion doesn't matter. So What I want to do is play the multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, like I didn't like the story that much, but the yeah. multiplayer I knew was fun. It was always fun. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Apex. But that's the thing. It's like now they have Apex, and how do they incorporate Titanfall in there? Because it's kind of taken over. Yeah. So I know it's very different though. I mean, it's I much it's more arena and similar. Like, I mean, you have the mechs that you jump into. Yeah. I mean, the gameplay is way faster pace, I think. And there's less, I mean, you don't have to worry about shields and shit like that, which just makes a big deal. I mean, it feels more call of duty than it does Warzone. I mean, I get it. But I mean, when I was playing apex, yeah, I mean, sorry, when I was playing Titanfall two, I mean, it's so similar. 
I disagree. Game play. <laughs> I disagree. All right. That's fine. fine. Yeah. We'll just have to disagree. Yeah. I mean, they do like, I guess, shoot kind okay, of the maybe same. Maybe not but, so similar, but, but like, there's similarities. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So it's, I feel like having two games that are similar in certain aspects enough enough where it's not it might not be worth bringing it back obviously the gameplay is different because you have titans and those are awesome and i want that yeah I don't, we talked about this a year ago i feel like yeah like how do we bring Titanfall back because i want to see that stuff like, yeah i want to see it uh, there's a lot of people out there that would much rather have Titanfall than they would like apex legends because of the fact that it is i mean i think it's very different because it's it's smaller maps, arena base, the Titanfall slash Titan combo is really interesting. The pilots and the Titans, the fact that there's AI that are in the that's in the world that's a little bit different. Yeah, um, it's not. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's TDM ultimately. I mean, the fact that you have arena mode now, it's a little bit more so. But like, you don't have armor and stuff like that in Titanfall like you do in in Apex Legends. You don't have all the gear collections and stuff like that. It's just you pick your loadout, you go in there, you battle, and then you have the big Titans that like you know add a different like flavor to the was basically a Call of Duty game. Yeah. Um, but a better Call of Duty game. Um, and then the unlocks and stuff like that are really cool. But <clears throat> I don't know. Like I I would like to see them just do a Titanfall three eventually. That would be I totally agree. That would be the way I think to go. But yeah. they say they're bringing more stuff from Titanfall into this game. We'll see where that where that comes into play. That'd be awesome. I mean I feel like that's what they have to do. Yeah. Well I feel like they're probably more compelled to bring Titanfall into this game than just make a standalone Titanfall game. Yeah. Because it's in the same universe, technically. Yeah, right? it is, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like... And the Season 9 was supposed to bring more story from Titanfall in uh, here. I don't know what it, where it is, but mm. um, I haven't read much on it, but there's supposed to be more story from Titanfall, and they're going to continue to do that as time goes on, supposedly, like help meld the universe together. Yeah. But one thing we haven't talked about yet, though, is arena mode. We need to talk yes. about that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot. We're like we talk about all the heroes and stuff like that, but arena mode's a new thing that they have here, and it was like kind of a test mode for a bit. But then they've now announced that in season ten, it's going to come out with ranked arena mode, and arena mode is Ooh. basically kind of like <laughs> it's basically like Valorant except simpler, I think. But uh, you have three v three, or actually like Valorant meets gunfight from Call of Duty. But it's three v three, one yeah, hit yeah. or one like you die, you're you're down, um, and it's round based. So you go in there. It's a it takes all the maps that we already have in battle royale, and then condenses it down to a smaller section of a map that's like an arena space that you fight it out in. And you go in there. You have like you pick your your character that has their abilities, but you have to buy your weapons when you start and you start out with like 500 bucks. So you can like get one gun and then the next round you accrue more money. And then if you killed people that round, you get more money from that. If you won the round, you get more money from that. And there's some other factor too that I forgot about. Oh, if you save your money from the previous round, that money will carry over. So there's like different variables that will allow you to get more money every round to unlock more stuff. And then each gun has a leveling system, like a tier system. So you can like unlock Start with the, unco- the, con- the common one, then you go to uncommon, and then you go to like epic, and then you go to legendary. I think legendary, maybe there's like four upgrades. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you eventually get two guns. You can get. You have to buy your shield cells. You have to buy your shield batteries. You have to buy your medic stuff. You also have to buy your special passive ability, which is like 
in rounds now. So like, for example, my character has a rocket with Valkyrie. I have to buy, I can either buy one, two or three uses of it in a battle, which is interesting. So it's not like you just spam the shit out of it or anything like that with yeah. the cooldown. Um, like Bangalore, she only has two shots in, in, uh, in Battle Royale, but in this one you can get up to like five shots. Oh, really? With her smoke. Yeah. Right? And I was like, dude, that's awesome. That is cool. Then you obviously get to buy her ultimate, which is expensive. And yeah, like there's strategy there. And it's really fun. Yeah. I was really surprised. When we first played, like I was like, I'm not going to play this. <laughs> It's really hard. Um, you start winning, and you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is how, okay. okay. Winning feels good. Yeah, I, I want to win more. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting. And it's, you know, I say it's like Valorant because it's got the round-based system where in Valorant, I think it's 16 rounds you get to play before, like, the game's over. But in this one, it's just, it's, it's not best two out of three. You have to win two games more than the other player to win. So if you play, I was trying to make sense of it the day we were yeah. playing where we played like eight it's or so 10 confusing. rounds. But what I found is that you have to have three wins oh. and three, the two, two of those wins have to be consecutive oh. to finish it out. So if gotcha. you, and I think it's even like a match point after that. So like if you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing a, if you're playing, you play one round and then you play another round and you win those two rounds, the next one's going to be match point. So if you get that third win, you win. But if the other team wins, they get a point, then you have to then come back and win again. And then you get that, but then you have to win again a second time to get the match point final. But if they come back and win a second time, you have to keep doing that push and pull. So you yeah, basically have to yeah. like win two in a row, I under, as I understand. And when you get to the tiebreaker, that's where it gets really sticky because it's like you have to do a tiebreaker and then win two more in order to like win. That's so confusing because we kept winning and then we'd lose one. And it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You already said match point like two times. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So that's where it can get out of control. But um, it was awesome. I mean, it was just like a cool spin on, I mean, just because they have such a good solid mechanic system already in Apex with all the characters and all the guns. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff in there with a lot of diversity. It just made sense to put your hair like all over the place right now. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, it's guys. okay. It happens. Make Fine. sure you watch this video. No, that's right. Um, but uh, you listen to the podcast. Yeah, so but it's it's cool. Like it, it's interesting to, to play that and then see how tactics change because, um, you know, going in, we we started doing the same thing and it was successful like two or three times, right, or two or three matches, right. And then, then you, and then I noticed that the other time uh, it was so it was me, Brett, and Jason playing, and I noticed the other team start switch up their tactics. And um, the map we we're playing on was, I don't even know, it's on the volcano area. In, yeah. And the second I don't, map I don't that came know out. The name, I don't know if there's and, names yeah, for Yeah, I forgot the name not. of it. And then they had like this like pillar that's drilling into the, the earth or the lava. I don't know. So it was like this middle area that like people try to rush to. But it's kind of like that reward and like who, who knows, like if you go in there, like people can throw grenades in you, but then it's like, it's a good area to like defend, especially if you're rampart, you can put down freaking uh shield. So like no one can get into, into there. Uh, it becomes this like really interesting game of like, what's like the main area, what's the high ground, quote unquote high ground. How do you want to take it? And then I noticed that the other teams started changing up tactics. So towards the end of the round, which actually won us the game, we, I was like, let's go outside. Like, cause you start off, in this one area and you get to cross this platform to get to like the center area of the map. But I was like, well, we can go behind and like walk on the, the hard lava and go around. 
because these people started breaking up and like pushing us in certain areas and flanking us. And I was like, this isn't going to work if we keep going down the middle, like we always do. And so we ended up coming from behind and then down one, the other two freaked out. So we down the other two and then, you know, end up winning the, the game. And it's just like, you know, what's interesting about so interesting that until you that. mentioned that I didn't realize there was the outer ring. Yeah. Like I had no, I thought the middle was the only way you could go. Oh yeah. And yeah. I didn't know there was the outside. And then I started playing more and I was like, holy shit, there's like, there are like, like I, it looks to me because like when I look straight ahead, like that's where I go. But there's like a whole nother section to the different maps. There's one map that has like a portal that you go yeah. like jump to the portal mm-hmm. to get around, you know. But then we were doing that when we were, I was playing. I don't know if we played that match much, but um, you jump in the portal and then you enter into this area where there's like a two tiered um, like arena section where, you know, you have like um like a catwalks on the sides and you have like a lower level in the middle that you can go like fight it out. So it's just like a double sided arena. But then I didn't realize that there's a whole nother side to the map that if you didn't go through the portal, but instead went to the left, there's a whole nother like arena area over there. And then a big, huge open space in the center between the two areas. Wow. So when we were playing, I was playing with uh, Nick and some like random guy, we were going to the right a couple times and kept losing. And we're like, this is not working. And he was like, let's go to the left. I'm like, what left? And then we go to the, we go to the left. left. We go to the left. And sure enough, there's like a whole other section there. We see the other team on the other side. So I start spotting them and they start coming across the field and we just pick them off as they start coming across the field. And then at that point, we like, we had it in the back because now they were like, oh, well, they're going to go over there. So let's go over there. So then we went to the right and then again started picking them off. Yeah. And yeah. I was just Valkyrieing up in the air to be like, pop, 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 spot, 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 spot. And we just like call out where they all are. Mm-hmm. And then we just take them all out, and it's just that's, glorious. It's another one of Valkyrie's uh, passives that she yeah. can spot people. It's a passive, right? Oh, actually, I don't use it for that. No, that's just when I'm like coming down. But no, oh, it's for okay. me. It's just like I just get air I so I can you. see everybody oh, is moving. You. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she can whenever she's coming down, like from the uh, from flying dropship. She does like have like a yeah from a dropship. She's got like targeting reticles that show where people are. But yeah. you also have the smoke falling behind them, so you yeah, can kind of tell. But sometimes you can't tell. Yeah, I mean, you can. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, dude, it's like changing up your tactics is like key for that game. And it's just, it's hard to know when to do it. But uh, yeah, we kicked some ass that one round. Yeah. It was amazing. It's fun. It's a fun time. So um, we're getting close to an hour, but I want to talk about this last game one more time, just real quick, just because I feel like. No, not quick. We're just going to do it. Yeah, if we wait on this game, I'm going to forget some of the things I want to talk about. But we're back in Marvel's Avengers, everybody. It's happening. Yeah, we've been jumping into it. Um, there's been some new content that's come out with Marvel's Avengers. They have the Red Room Takeover that's out right now. They also have the uh, Cosmic Cube villain sector that they brought out with uh, Monica. And uh, they're getting ready for the launch of War for Wakanda, which comes out in August now that they've confirmed. Um, they also confirmed that the voice actor for uh, Black Panther will be Kratos from the God of War. So that's pretty awesome. I love that. And uh, they're going to have, they've been talking about all the new assets and stuff like that and how like it's going to be a dense jungle environment and they've really worked hard for exploration in this this new DLC and every asset is new, like nothing's being reused from the other stuff. So it's supposed to be like brands making new build from the ground up for this new story that they're about to tell. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. But in that process, we've been playing the game because they've brought again brought out the new stuff. They also brought out a new skill tree tier called Champion, that is very hard to level up for, but it adds like permanent bonuses to tactical, 
uh, melee, ranged, uh, utility abilities, all kinds of different like abilities of your character. And um, you basically, after you hit level 50 with any character, you start leveling up your champion rank. And that is just by playing the game. And I did math last night and found that it requires 342 champion points in order to complete a full skill tree for one character on champion, which is insane because it takes forever to get um, that stuff there. So that's always fun. But uh, yeah, we've had we've been having a good time with it, grinding out different oh, yeah. levels and playing all the villain sectors. We've been there for many, many times in the past. As as you know, you know, just you know, killing Maestro five thousand times. Oh and man, I, I, I shouldn't like this game. I should not like <laughs> this game. At this <clears throat> point, I should have like put this game down. And just stopped completely. Especially earlier when and we were talking about Scarlet it. Nexus, and you were like, yeah, the combat's kind of yeah, repetitive. I, and I was like, well, you played Marvel's on, Avengers. Yeah, I know. Well, there's a good comparison there, I feel like. Um, but yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, I should have burned this the copy of this game like I did Destiny 2 or Destiny 1. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I still freaking enjoy this. And, you know, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. But I feel like the combat has so much to offer because now that some of my characters have gotten, uh, you know, maxed out their um, their level at fifty, and the power level is like pretty close to one forty five, like everything is kind of open to me, and now it's all a numbers game with like the gear I'm going to get and level up to one fifty, and you know, there's just so I want Cap was one of my lower level guys. I think I started him at like 89 when we started playing again, or maybe yeah. it was in the nineties. Anyway, now he's up to like 143, and I have all of his abilities. And the more I've played him, like at first I was like he's good, but he's not amazing. But now that I have really dug into his combat system and the abilities that I can, uh, or his not trade, yeah, his abilities. What is it? Mastery. Like yeah. allows you to manipulate certain things. So like I have really, I really enjoy cap now. Yeah. So I have it to the point where I can, if I do a takedown, I ge- uh, uh, generate a heroic orb, which allows me to boost my abilities. Uh, the uh, level up or not level up. What is it? Yeah. Level up your, your heroic abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a, a meter. You got your cooldown. Basically. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Cooldown. And so it allows me to boost that up. So, you know, I, throw my shield, which now has two charges, so I can throw my shield at a group of enemies, hit them, and now that allows the their not their takedown the takedown uh, animation to pop up. So like a multitude of guys I can now take down. So I go over there, I take them down, generate heroic orbs. So now I'm getting that ability to throw my shield again. I already have it twice. So I can like throw it again and before I know it, I have another charge. I can throw it like three times technically, depending on how many guys are there. And then if I turn on my um, Brooklyn Brawler and I attack somebody, like if they're half health, I can do a takedown. So it generates a heroic orb. So that thing is boosting up. And not only if I do a takedown to get a heroic orb, I can now add three seconds to Brooklyn Brawler. So I can keep Brooklyn Brawler on for a full fight and have it fully charged, ready to go for the next fight like like that. I'm like, dude. And I got some pretty cool moves now. Um, There's one where Cap can hold a shield out and he punches it and it does a shockwave. Oh yeah, I love that. And that initiates a takedown animation. <laughs> I'm like, God dang it, Cap, you're amazing. So like I'm really digging into like the gear now and and stuff I can do. And I've been tweaking uh Tony and, and Thor and trying to 
figure them out like 100%. And Thor is just OP, man. I got him on the Red Room. Super OP, yeah. He is perfect for Red Room. Like, you can get through the Red Room like that. Yeah. Because I got it where, you know, he has a shock thing. Well, so you throw a hammer and then you can shock from afar. Yeah, you just hold on R2 oh. and just like start matching the shit up. It's like, it's like robot. Hey, you robot over there. I'm just going to pin you against the wall and like, bam, 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 yeah. bam, dead. Yeah, but you got a group of them right there. Yeah. It's, it's over. Yeah. So I went in the red room. I know kind of bouncing everywhere. Uh, we'll get in the red room too because I know you played it. Um, I was playing to- or, uh, Cast America on the second one and they have that guy, the, the big giant bot that spawns in on one side of the room. And I was, I had to throw my shield the whole time. And I was just sitting there for like five minutes, just because I can't close to him. Uh, he has this one move where it's like insta kill me, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not starting over again. And so, but then I got Thor. I go in there and I just throw that hammer, and it just shock, 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 shock. He's blown up. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's the end. Yep. So easy. So yeah, he's 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 beastly. It is <laughs> interesting, like how different every character is. Because like I just like yesterday switching from um, I was playing Iron Man, trying to level him up. So I got him to like 143, and then now I'm jumping back to. Uh, uh, Black Widow to get more gear and she's like she's a little I mean she's definitely more of a bruiser like close up kind of person but I haven't quite figured out how to like really maximize her her damage output but she's just really she's very mobile which is nice so I mean I, I can now I did upgrade one of her mastery items for melee combat specifically and got that to where like her melee is a little bit stronger now but it's like going from her to like Iron Man to Thor I mean they're Every character, it's just it makes the game different, like entirely yeah. from like, going from each of these characters. And like you said, it's like unlocking their full potential with all their levels. Like there's a lot of tweaks and stuff you can make to the skill tree to really um, just make the play, make the character play the way you want to play. And I really like that. Um, I mean, like I always had that experience with Hulk. It's like how he had so many different options for. Like eventually when I added the ability where I could pick up big robots, like it started, I could pick up little guys and I could throw them anywhere I wanted to. Then I could pick up big robots and throw them anywhere I wanted to. And then if you, if I use the, the PIM abilities, like the PIM uh, gear sets, I can shrink down the, the war bots, the, the bigger war bots and they become small and I can pick them up and throw them. Holy so shit. like there's all this stuff that you can like, you know, combine and combo to, to make different outcomes and it all works. I mean, as, as much as this game has had a, like a shit ton of bugs, it's their combat systems. The design of their systems has been really strong overall. Um, and they just, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff they had to fix. Cause they had so many different moving parts with so many different pieces of the game. Yeah. Um, but I really like the, uh, all that stuff. And then even the new character, like I'm starting to like Kate Bishop again, which is crazy. Like I didn't really <laughs> like her that much, but I'm like, she's actually not that bad. Yeah. And yeah. I, again, like once I level her up more, I bet you she'll like really expand and, and blow right. it out of the water. But and that's the only reason I'm still playing this game because playing the playing these heroes like it's just awesome. Yeah, like Captain America. I mean, he is tweaked 100. percent Like he's ready to go for battle. I just gotta level him up. And now yeah. trying to like figure out. I'm trying to figure out Tony's, and I really like using the repulsors. I know you yeah. say the lasers are good. I like um, throwing down the uh, overcharge and then using the rockets. Do you get so much more rockets out of that? I did start using the rockets after you mentioned that, and I have noticed that being big, huge brute guys, the rockets do a lot of damage. Yeah. Like, it's pretty powerful. <clears throat> yeah, and I know the shields, if you use lasers on the guys that have the over shields, yeah. like, it does a lot more damage. Like, takes them down a lot quicker. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I've, like, so uh, intrinsic is, like, so there's, like, three different, Things gener- orders you can generate intrinsic, heroic, and then I guess regen packs. Yeah. Is there another one? That's it, right? Uh, regen. Well, yeah, yeah. 
I think so. I think that's it. Um, anyway, so I was like, how do I get Tony to have like a bunch of lasers? And it's like, I have to do things that allow for him to have to gain intrinsic energy quicker over time. So now I've tweaked it where his intrinsic bar boosts really fast. Like yeah. once it's on cooldown. Um, and so there's that I have to, you have to play that game with like how much lasers you want to use. And then, you know, you got to wait a little bit for recharges, but then if you do takedowns, it'll increase it a little bit. And it's like all these little combinations of things that, that really, I mean, it gets me excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm pumped, yeah. man, but yeah. Tony isn't, Tony isn't there yet. He's better now. Yeah. And then I realized that the gear had stats on it. I didn't never saw the gear had stats. So yeah. the, it increases some attributes. Uh, was it might resolve? And what was the other one? There's there's more than that I think I really? think so yeah because different ones have different um, stat boosts like there's right uh, like some of them have like three some have two but some of them have like some have two of one and then some have two of the other oh. and I don't know which ones like are with which piece but I don't know yeah there's there's a lot of stat abilities <laughs> to upgrade and stuff. I was just looking at the the, the uh, perks the perks that it gives yeah. you and it's like there's sometimes there's two. Uh, you know, when you, if you have so uh, purple or gold, usually you get three. Yeah. And so I've been just like, oh look, you know, and I just try to get Tony to 150 real fast. Well, he he's already back down to 143 now. Yeah. Because I'm like, I got to redo my gear. For yeah. Tony. Yeah. And the star ratings we were talking about. The, yeah. I mean, you have the quality of gear and like you know, you know, purple, orange, uh, all that stuff. But then you also have the stars, which will tell you like, I think that's the quality of the perks that are in there, I believe, uh, is what that represents. Uh, so okay, 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 I'm not okay. sure about that, but I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure about that. Um I saw I was looking on Reddit last night, seeing if there was any like news about like World of Wakanda or whatever. And I saw somebody post that they got a gear piece that gives you plus twelve percent damage output on the secret lab. And they were like, this is really funny because the secret lab hasn't existed since the game launch. That's supposed to be their version of the raid. Uh, and it's like they still have a gear piece in here that they just forgot to like remove or whatever that's designed for the secret lab specifically. And I was like, that's really funny. I wow. hope that comes out at some point, but who knows? Probably won't. Man. I mean, yeah, this game could definitely be a lot better, but somehow we've managed to continue playing it Yeah, this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean now they have the uh, so they have the Red Room Takeover, which is the big event happening right now with new skins and stuff like that. But it's like basically harm rooms, but they're red and they have lava inside them, or like you know it's hacked harm rooms essentially. Yeah, and you have yeah. different challenges, and there's a whole bunch of new assignments that you can complete or objectives you can complete that require you to do a bunch of like kill all hundreds of these things, like do this much damage of this type of thing to unlock all these pieces, get more polychorons, upgrade modules, all that shit. Get some um, cool gear. I yeah. Guess, yeah. As you do. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, they're, I mean, they're interesting. They're not as different as I thought they would be, but they are kind of cool with like each room has like different, like places you can fall into. And it's kind of cool. If you like start bashing at enemies, like if you get them into the, the lava area, you can like have them drop in the lava and kill them instantly. And it's just like basically five waves across these different challenge tiers, but they're all single player. And I kind of wish there were, they had yeah. multiplayer in there's so many of these things that they put in the online version like the heroic gauntlet which is like the one where that's supposed to give the best gear is still stuck at um it's single player only and i that's like a 16 floor freaking hive room and i don't want to play that solo i want to be yeah, there with friends no. yeah exactly so that was very unfortunate but hopefully they change that um you know and bring bring something else out down the line and and make that better but I'm excited for Wakanda, see what that happens. They have the new villain sector that we played, Monica's uh, thing, which actually is kind of cool. I mean, it's different. It's 
it's confusing, but yeah, they, uh, the Monica's new thing is basically she's got the cosmic cube. She's trying to stop her from using it. And you go through this whole like outdoor environment and you get inside of this factory, which looks like one of the underwater factories or whatever. And you go around there and like kill some bad guys. And then you have to like break open this cube to then get into this like big old room. That's like all kinds of crazy shit with like, sciencey freaking floaty things happening and there's like different types of monica clones that are trying to kill you you have to take them down their health and you have to shoot at her but she's got this supercharged thing that can blow up and kill all of you instantly and it's really confusing and challenging oh man it was so we what, how many times did we play it like five times i think five night? or six times last night trying to beat it we couldn't beat it with two of us so the first time we beat it actually beat it twice but the first time uh we're playing with jason he was like hey she, all the pillars are down so She's going to do this burst like a bunch more times, so we'll probably die. And then I was like, um, I just happened to turn on the Hulkbuster, and when she did the blast, like my Hulkbuster would go away, but I still had the ability to activate it, so it gave us a chance to actually, like I could pick everybody up, and we <laughs> attack Monica. And so that happened like five times. Eventually we killed Monica and completed the mission, and all was great. But then this time we tried it, and... She killed me in my Hulkbuster. <laughs> so I don't know if it was a glitch or maybe something had happened. Like, I don't understand. Maybe the glitch was, was she glitch. killed me in my Hulkbuster. I don't know. Uh, it was bad, but yeah. um, it's hard as hell. Yeah. There are some, I mean, you found out the uh, disruption matrix thingy where, like, if you kill the clones, you get a uh, hmm. uh, temporary disruption matrix def- or, or attack bonus. Yeah. And then it stacks up to 10 times for every time you kill some one of them, it adds your timer for 14 seconds or whatever. And 15 seconds, I guess. And uh, that was cool that that was like a that was part of the strategy to like take her down is like you have to get that defense mate bonus up, but it's independent to each person. So like I had to have it, you had to have it. And then we had to like then attack her whenever that was up, whenever the shield thing you went down. But it was just so hard to, oh, to pull that off. So, I mean, it's I guess it's refreshing that they brought a villain sector that was that challenging. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it's like I wish it was clear what you're supposed to do. But right. Maybe that's part of the challenge. It's like trying to figure it out. That's true. So it's like a, it's like a destiny vault, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mini vault thing. But that's been fun. So yeah. Avengers, y'all aren't playing it. I will say though, like, so I was, I was playing with Nick the other day and he's on his PlayStation four Uh-oh. and, uh, I forget how bad the loadings, loading times were on the PlayStation 4. Oh, no! And we're sitting there, and, like, there's a part where, like, you know, you can tell I'm loaded in, but he's still loading, where, like, my, uh, I'm in the helicarrier, and there was music, and there was talking happening, and then it just goes quiet, and then I hear, like, like uh, little like, grasshoppers chirping in the background, and we're still up in the ship, and it's just sitting there, and everybody's just, like, walking around, just, like, mm-hmm. silent, because I'm waiting for his game to load. And it's just, like, really awkward and weird. But Man, that's so, crazy, like, man. I apologize to anybody that still has has the PlayStation 4, which I know a lot of people still have it. Um, hopefully, they start making more soon, because I I don't know if this game is as worth playing if you don't have faster loading speeds, because the loading speeds were garbage on PlayStation. And yeah, they were way, way bad. better on PS5. I mean, we're playing some missions where, like, I know if we're playing on PlayStation 4, it would be absolutely laggy as all get up. Oh, yeah, for sure. So bad. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to offer on this game, but, well, I guess depends who you're asking. But, yeah. <laughs> visually, there's a lot going on on the screen, and it's cool to see it all happen and not be laggy. 
I think it's great. I think it's totally worth it. Everybody should buy it. Yeah. Play it. It's it's fun. As long as you have friends to play with, I think that makes it worthwhile. So right. check it out. All right. We good? I think we're good. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for the games we played this past two weeks. Uh, if you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us on our Discord channel. Check out that link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, you can consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our video game news. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you want to get involved in this segment, you can send us a question or a comment on theinnergamer.net, and we will talk about it on the next podcast. Or if you happen to be on our Discord channel, you can just drop us a note in Discord, and we will be sure and talk about it on the next episode. First up, Ubisoft has been busy lately. Not only did they delay Riders Republic and Rainbow Six Extraction to the next year, well, actually, uh, Riders Republic is later this year. Why? Extraction is next year. For what? They uh, probably because they're changing all their shit <sighs> in their Didn't company. Did they just work on this the other day where everyone was complaining? They're like, we gotta change everything. Probably, yeah, probably. That's why yeah. Assassin's Creed was delayed. Yeah, yeah. They're um, so one. they they've just announced, or actually, a rumor came out according to Bloomberg about a new cross-studio collaborative structure made up between the Ubisoft Montreal and Quebec teams that would be considered something that they're dubbing internally as Assassin's Creed Infinity. And it's being billed as potentially a um, ongoing game, possibly an evolving platform of some kind. Not quite games as a service, maybe, but ultimately, <laughs> instead of a instead of them having two separate studios that are working in, independently on Assassin's Creed games back to back, they're going to bring them together to work on titles and content on a more regular basis. Is what it sounds like. What does that mean? And some people are comparing it to like the likes of Fortnite and Grand Theft Auto Online, um, something that will evolve over time. So. Sources say at Bloomberg that Infinity is designed to run for years and would include a number of settings rather than the single historical locations the series is known for. The platform would seemingly encompass multiple different Assassin's Creed games, which might look and feel different, but will all be connected. All this is an animus, right? Yes, I think that's all still part of the, the truth there. Well, easy. Look, you create your own. You go into a lobby. I just spit everywhere. You go into a lobby and you create your own avatar and you're in this animus world and then it's like, oh, which that's created what what time what time of the world do I want to go back and take a look at what's going on? I'll look at this. I'll go to the Vikings. This is a place Valhalla. Maybe I'll go back to, you know, Italy and see what that was like. And then they just continue to add on content. Yeah. And then you just go whatever door you want to, and there you go. You're in the animus. Yeah, pick your door. All the time. Yeah, I mean they that could be at the very simplest form could be the way it operates. But I'm like, I'm yeah. curious to know how they're going to narratively pull this all together. Cause they've done a pretty good job at narratively tying these stories together. Cause like what happened in Valhalla like is part of the same story that's happened way back in the days of Desmond. And there's still like cohesion here happening. And like Valhalla picks up from like the events of like the previous Desmond story arcs where, a crazy a big event happened trying to avoid spoilers, but spoilers kind of 
that that occurred during those those days and then they are picking up from that point trying to identify some like anomalies and things like that by going back in the animus so the animus now is way different than the animus was then you're not like in a lab or whatever like in valhalla like you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have this little portable animus that like plugs in a wall that lets you like then go into the Damn. space where you're living in a cabin with yeah. these researchers and you've that's escaped right. from right. wherever you were and it's like it's it's a different so that's narratively tying into like it's a narrative component whereas like i mean if you look back to the old days of the assassin's creed it's like you're in this like you're a researcher person that's like trapped in here that just has to go in the animus every day and like relive the old people's right but i do think there could be some value in this for if they can pull it off without like stressing their teams out which they already said here that um this report is already this change has already caused issues for some Ubisoft developers with some teams apparently unhappy with the scale of the project after working on huge gains for so many years. Um, so that's like, you know, already a cause for concern, but it's like, there could be some really cool ideas here. If they do have shorter, there's one thing I complained about with Valhalla is it was too long. Like, I mean, it was 84 hours I played to beat that game and that was without doing all the side content does not have to have that much content in there. Um, Please, so if, no. Yeah. So if they were to like break it up into like shorter, say 15, 20 hour experiences in different areas and stuff like that, that could be really interesting to see them like drop those, like say every six to eight months or something like that. Yeah. Have a new world story arc that you follow um, to pass through. Yeah. So um, when I first heard this, I was like, man, I don't want them to go another game in the service route, but it depends if they're going to do it. Like if it's just going to be like a story that's going to be more, bite-sized but continue onward could be cool because i mean there's a lot of areas that people want them to go to that they just haven't explored yet yeah. like i love to see like feudal japan um especially after like ghost of shima and stuff like that oh yeah um oh, yeah. seeing like the area of era of like the with china and like the the um the i mean great wall kind of stuff like back in that that era would be interesting um you know, go. I mean, I'd never played Origins, but like revisit some kind of like Egyptian times more than what they did. I mean, there's a lot of things that they could do with this, but I just don't know how I feel about the fact that they're just going to go make this a service game. Like, what is it going to cost? How much are they going to bloat it with microtransactions? And how much of the essence of Assassin's Creed are they going to lose by doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think things need to change. And if it makes it where the content is a lot easier to chew on than I guess I'm down for it but yeah that comes with caveats too so I don't know exactly what yeah I'm with you like what, what's gonna happen with this yeah because like when they start comparing to Fortnite I don't want that because yeah, the story they, there is like very light I mean it's not like oh, I mean, you know it's just like how they like do a, a story like seasons, it's like an overarching story yeah. that continues onward but it's like there's not a lot of depth to what they're doing there yeah but they're always bringing out new content new events and things of that nature like i don't want them to have like the game centered around like little tiny like bite-sized events i want it to be big huge narrative like kind of what adventures has been trying to do but hasn't been able to do successfully yet like take like i would love to see dlc bits like what they just did with their uh latest like wrath of the druids or whatever that was like i think a eight to 10 hour experience. I don't know how long that took them to make, but if that took them like say a year to build, like they could have these massive teams working like every year, just dropping out a new, like eight to 10 hour content piece. And then in between that, having like little like events that like kind of keep you in that 
universe that they built um, for, you know, that duration of time could be kind of cool. I think of it more like kind of a destiny kind of experience where it's like every year you have a new destiny expansion. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with this is like making it more destiny like, but not like all focus on, I mean, there will be gear, I guess, because I mean, there's gear in the game. So I don't know how that's going to like carry through over time. Yeah, see, that's going to be complicated. If you have different stories, like yeah, because you can't have the same gear sets, you know, from from yeah. game to game, because like the cosmetics and the visuals all look different. So unless you have a story with like one character that or a character, I don't know how they want to do it. It's just like we're going through time as this one person progresses. Like the same person or like they'd be different yeah. forms of that person. Well, I say through time, but like, you know, uh, I don't know, like this person saved this country. Okay. Now they're moving over here. Like the, the assassins group is, you know, evolving over time and that one person stays with them. And so you keep that gear for X amount of time. But yeah, if that's how they're going to have it, you know, yeah. Unless you just pass it on to whoever. I don't know if that would, I mean that, that could be interesting, but I'm just worried that that would get. I mean, you'd be you would be limited in how you change up the environments and the settings that you're playing in. So I mean, like you could go if you're you know take a Valhalla for example, like you're in England, and then you could eventually maybe go out into you know out east into like the mountains of like the Swiss Alps and things like that, yeah, and then so, out into yeah. Russia. But I don't know if I think that be that would be too. I don't know. It might it might be too much of the same for people I think like having, and I think that one of the benefits of Assassin's Creed is that they've introduced new characters in different parts of history that have cool backstories, interesting, you know, like from playing Ezio to playing, um, a- a- or Eivor now to having played uh, Connor in Assassin's Creed three and all these different characters. Like they all have different unique stories that they've told, but the central arc is back of the animus and like it was desmond now it's the 50 girl's name that's in the new one but like you have those characters there which isn't a great part of the story but that's like the that's like the the glue that holds them all together um but i like that you can play different people in different parts of a story timeline um but yeah then the the mechanically how does that all change and adapt and adjust from different eras yeah like you can't have a super extensive gear system and maybe th- maybe they've thought of something that figures all that out because we're just going off of what we know and how they've been developing games because it just doesn't make sense. And they yeah. probably don't even know yet, honestly. I mean, they're, yeah, it's true. I mean, a lot of this stuff. I mean, this is all. I don't know how newly they formed this team, but I mean, Valhalla is still heavily in development. Um, they have Siege of Paris coming out later this year. That's supposed oh, yeah. to be like the next big DLC. Yeah. And then we don't know what's happening next year, but likely we won't see Infinity until like twenty twenty three. I would bet. Yeah. Because um, everything's based on like. Real things that have happened, right? Uh, loosely, loosely, I mean, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. But yes, before it was like, I mean, like the stuff that happened with like you know Vikings coming in and invading this territory at this time. Yes, that's exact. That's what happened. But yeah, like Avor never existed, and right, right, right. There was there, but there was the yeah. There's definitely a lot of inspiration from all that, which is cool. And that's that's one of the reasons I like these games is the the historical tie-ins. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because you learn a lot of things about the the history of these different eras and stuff. So yeah, um, AC Infinity coming soon to a, a handheld console near you. It's gonna be like Disney Infinity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hopefully uh, not, because that didn't last very long. No, it did not. Yeah. 
All right. So next story we have is uh, Nason Connect. I think it's Nason. It could be Nacon. I don't know. But it's one of the two. Nacon's they had better. a uh, event. And the big reason for watching this event was for Test Drive Unlimited, Solar Crown, having more content. What? Not RoboCop? Uh, well, then there's, there's, there's also others, you know. But it, it's really funny because I sat down and watched this actually live when it was happening. And then after I watched it, I regretted it because I wasted 30 minutes of my lunch watching a lot of like kind of B-level content. And then they finally revealed Solar Crown and we'll talk about that shortly. But they of course saved it towards the very end and everybody in the chat was just like, just give me freaking Solar Crown. That's all I want is Solar Crown. It's so funny with all these titles in here. That's what people are waiting for. That's Um, crazy. Yeah. But they did announce a new RoboCop reveal trailer called Rogue City. Um, First person shooter based on the trilogy coming to consoles and PC in 2023. I don't know why, but, you know, hey, why not? Why not, right? Usually you make, like, a movie, and it's successful, and you got this pop culture stuff going on, and people are kind of into it, and then you make a game that's going to help push that brand or that property, and who's asking for a RoboCop game? Nostalgia, Austin. Nostalgia. Who's going to buy this fucking game? I'm going to buy this game. No, you're not. I'm so excited. RoboCop, Rogue City. I have always wanted to be RoboCop, like, for all my life. Well, maybe this brings some stuff back. Maybe it brings it back. Revives it's, this property. It's going to change your life, all right? Oh, is it? Yes, it's going to change your life. My life's changed. With that. I mean, freaking RoboCop, bro. It's going to be bro. awesome. Anyway. Yeah. So there was that. So there was that. <laughs> then uh, briefly, they showcased Clash Artifact Facts of Chaos. The only reason I want to mention this is it's from Xenoclash developers, which I did play Xenoclash. I thought it was pretty cool. Kind of meh. Now that I look at this, this particular game was kind of garbage. Not gonna play it. Don't recommend it. It's got so a Borderlands feel. Ignore it. Yeah, they did put a little Borderlands like art style to it, but it still sucks. Um, <laughs> oh wait, what is this? What is Xeno Clash? Xeno Clash is a game that I played. It was like a melee combat game where like you were in a. It was some kind of weird world where there's a bunch of weird trippy looking creatures and stuff like that. And you basically sword fight. Uh, there was like the the all mother or like the the create this mother lady that like ruled the land and she was out to get you so you had to go track her down and kill her and she controlled all the people in the area that were coming out to kill you and it just had a weird interesting like <coughs> art style and world and I like the combat yeah. so that's what this is it's like a take on that these people that make this game are from south south america uh, and um they uh this then. is their third game i believe because xeno oh, clash nice. was the first one then they brought something else that was similar to xeno clash and then now they're doing this but the biggest thing is like melee the, the way that they did the melee combat was pretty good for a first person shooter kind mm-hmm. of thing and then um the the art style was pretty cool so interesting yeah, but it just looks super weird. Yeah, which is I, don't know, I don't know if I can get traditional. Um, they showed off more gameplay from Lord of the Rings Golem, so uh, that's looking pretty cool. I just feel like that's it's too late. It's too late. It's never I, too late to have I Lord of the Rings I do not see content. that game being successful. Well, it just might just be bad. I mean, generally. Okay, that too. Because all you do is like you're running around. It's like, oh, what was that one game? There was one where you're like, uh, or well, it's weird. It's goblin. a stealth game. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like you're playing Thief in the Lord of Rings environment. I was like, I feel like if I'm playing Lord yeah. of Rings, I want to, you know, rate, like run across Minas Tirith and like do all that stuff and can't fight people. He could fight people, kind of. This yeah. just doesn't seem like an exciting game. Um, but apparently, they're taking a lot of things from the book 
and making them like really trying to adhere to like what the book has described some of these people as. So I was like, right. it's interesting. I just feel like Lord of the Rings time has come and gone and there's no reason for this game. Hey, don't say that. There's people out there that are hardcore supporters of Lord of the Rings. I, I, the you are hardcore a hater. supporters, but not like, I don't know. Like, I just don't think it's going to be successful. I don't know. I mean, I agree. I mean, it doesn't, it's not backed by like a huge business or whatever. So it's, yeah, it looks good. Visually, it looks stunning. Like, it looks really good. I was kind of impressed by the, the visual style, but I just don't think, yeah, I don't think the gameplay is going to be fun. I mean, it looks, it's, I mean, it's a stealth game. I don't really like stealth games that much. Yeah. I mean, so that's either. part of it, but. It's we'll see. Probably not gonna we'll be that see. great. But Steel Rising was kind of interesting. This is from the creators of Greedfall. Um, so this is the same people. Now it's an alternate history French Revolution. Wait, is that it from has, Greedfall? Yeah, the same developer spiders. Do you see they're coming out with DLC for that? No. Deep Greedfall? I haven't played Deep Greedfall yet. Oh, sorry, not Greedfall. Fuck. I'm thinking Godfall. Godfall. Yeah, yeah, no, that was yeah, no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Wrong, game. Wrong, be, game. Yeah, good, wrong game. Yeah, wrong game. Yeah, this is the game that's like Bioware, but B. That that Travis played and really liked. You played it, yeah. didn't I you? Played it, yeah, yeah. So same team, um, new game, and uh, yeah, show us on the combat and stuff like that. Um, Ruined Paris area, yeah. It's got a got a cool vibe. Got some neat things happening for it. So definitely intrigued by that. What the fuck? The comment oh, is a lot faster. Oh, let me do it for you. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, of course, there's there's ads always. There's always ads on the internet. Ads for the Nerf gun. Well, I want a Nerf gun. That sounds really fun, actually. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So Spiders is in full form, going at it, building some cool stuff, making some uh some new games that's got some cool combat, and I don't know, could be interesting. I'm sure it'll be a P. This will be like one that way on PS Plus to come to bring it out. And yeah, then download it's gonna it. be. Greedfall was on PS Plus. Exactly. Not too long ago. Exactly. Uh, what is this Rogue Lords? Uh, I don't know. I don't care. A roguelike in which you play the devil. Okay, I don't want to play it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't much else there. I mean, Session was kind of cool. The big thing for me was Life Sim. Duh. I mean, like, freaking Life Simulator, Chef Life, a restaurant simulator. I mean, Hotel Life, a resort simulator, Train Life, a railway simulator. Oh, my God. I mean, I want to simulate the shit out of these things, man. Looks so good. No, it's really funny. They show this like life simulator and it had this like female that was narrating it. That was like, I just always want to be a chef and like build the best for the restaurants. And then I can become a hotel <coughs> person and like run a resort and then go ride a train and go by myself and do the train thing. And I mean, there's a, there's clearly a fan base for these simulator Wait, games. Women like simulator games. Yeah, they really do. But I just found that kind of hokey. Yeah, I mean, I love simulator games for like, like you know, Two Point Hospital and stuff like that, but this one here just looks like B-movie stuff. Yeah, B-movie. <coughs> All right, well, let's get to the cream of the crop, huh? All right, cream of the crop. Test Drive Limited Solar Crown. Got All a right. trailer. And uh, in the trailer, they announced a release date, September 22nd of 2022. So we have a long time to go until we get it. Very sad about that. But they also unveiled the island that they're going to be playing as on, which I figured we'd have an island because the first game was on Oahu. The second game was on the island of... Um, uh, shit, I'm forgetting the name of it now. <laughs> it's in uh, Spain. Come on, man. <coughs> Barcelona? No, it's a little tiny island. Oh, a little tiny It's like island. a party island. Oh, my, my bad. Party um, island? Yeah, it's like wow. people go there to party and shit like that. It's, but it's a really cool looking island. Um, anyway, but that was where the second one was. And then uh, this one takes place in Hong Kong Island, 
which I didn't know they had an island there, but I looked it up and sure enough, there is a legit island off the coast of Hong Kong that's wow. its own like city, world, place. And uh, where's the keyboard at? Can I steal the keyboard for a second? Um, sure, Brett, you can have my keyboard. There you go. Thank you. Um, so mm-hmm. it's uh, pretty wild to see uh, this this uh, this new world that they, they are going to be exploring. And I, for one, am pretty excited about it, obviously, because it's Test Drive and Limit Solar Crown, and I haven't played Test Drive in a very long time. First one was incredible. Excited about this game, right? And Austin's excited about, which is rare for a racing game, but he's excited. I had great times with Test Drive and Limit. That's right, man. Um, Well, yeah, Test Drive and Limit. So it's an MMO. We still don't know much about it, other than it's gonna be really nice, fancy cars. They're going all in with like the whole idea of like luxury buying of vehicles. This one, there's an interesting take where they're gonna have like two factions that you can join sides of, both with like different but similar interest and the things you do within the game level up your faction and i don't know what benefits that gives you in the game world but one faction (laughs) right one faction like they're both about driving fancy cars and being like really ritzy and stuff but one's more like the bougie fancier like more classy group and the other one's more like the streets like street racers, but they're still fancy and rich and wealthy and stuff like that. So you kind of have like the rebels versus the night, like the, it's kind of like street kid versus Corpo mm. and, uh, and cyberpunk, but they're all like still like rich people, <laughs> but you have like, Corpo. or I guess it's like uh, the business finance guy and the hipster startup founder. Yeah. So it's kind of like that kind of vibe. And you pick which side you want to go. But I love the trailer because they were showing like all the casino stuff in here, which apparently was a big part of like TDU2, which, you know, wasn't the first one. So I don't know much about this side of the game, but I guess there's like gambling shit you can do in the game, like as part of the world to like buy cars and like, you know, actually like, you know, put your car up for, you know, gambling or whatever. Um, but the transitions in this trailer were really cool, which is like the cards are flowing down the 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 ground and then as they flow down it's like the car comes flying around the cards and cards they, turn to the street cards turn to the street just like all this like cool stuff that was happening and so it, it looks good and it's made by kt racing which is not the same team that did the first game the first game was done by eating games so kt racing is done is known for like the wrc series um so they haven't done a big open world game like this so i'm curious how it will uh work but I was looking at Hong Kong Island specifically, and it's a very cool-looking place. Huge coastal, like, metropolitan area. But then in the distance, they have a whole bunch of other stuff that is in there. So your whole experience is going to be taking place exclusively on the island. Um, and it's not as big as Oahu, but it's still pretty big. So, like, I'm showing Austin a video, a picture of it right here. So this is the full size of the island, and they've recreated the entirety of this island um, in the game. And it's got lots of, uh, it's got major cities along the northern coastline, but then there's like a lot of mountain areas like in between that you can go to. There's a big, huge mountain peak. Um, So I think there's going to be a lot of like vegetational differences as you like travel through every part of it. Um, And I mean, there's going to be a lot more cities that like Oahu didn't have, which I find to be pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but a lot of like coastal lines, beachheads, things of that nature. Like there's a lot of, uh, verticality geographic areas that are neat here. They even showed like nighttime driving, like through the city streets, which was pretty interesting to see. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of potential here and I'm, I'm excited, pretty hyped. 
So I just wish I didn't have to wait that long. So yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, but so much time. I think so. The the title like Solar Crown sounds badass. Yeah. Like I, I wonder what that like Solar Crown something you achieve is that what we're trying to achieve here? Yeah. Like so the Solar Crown or is it like a reference to the geographical location? No, it's actually the name came from the TDU two. So in Test Drive Unlimited two, there was a Solar Crown. It's the uh, the Solar Crown. I think is the competition that oh, okay. you're participating in. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see if I can find an explanation of Test Drive Unlimited two here, because they um, and this one, let's see, I find the location of this game. So location. Wow. Ibiza, that's where it was oh. located at. Ibiza is the other place. Oh, see. So it's an island outside of Spain, but they also brought Oahu back in TDU Online too, oh, or wow. TDU 2. Nice. But TDU 2 had a casino thing, paid DLC, knows Casino Online, except from the start of the game. A casino includes roulette, blackjack, slot machines, among oh, other games. I think I remember this. One was it controversial? I don't know. I never played the second one. Oh. Um, I, didn't I wanted to, but I never did. So the player character is a poor valet driver working for Ibiza, host of the 2011 Solar Crown, a highly popular racing championship. And then um, she eventually hires this person to come and compete. And it's just like basically a big, huge racing championship for really rich people to go and race their fancy cars. So nice. we'll be one of those rich people racing their fancy cars to All become right. the ultimate winner of the Solar Crown. Dang right I am. So yeah, can't go wrong with that. That's right. Cool. All righty. So Sony had a state of play. Oh my gosh. So um, probably the least exciting state of play we've ever had. Man. Um, really? Kind of bummed. Why, Sony? Why? Why don't you know. do this to us? I watched it. Kind of wish I just watched the recap, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but there were some cool highlights, uh, one of which is Moss is getting a follow-up. So okay. they're going to have a new Moss. This is the VR game that was really popular on PSVR. Yeah. Um, is also on Oculus Quest now, but they're going to get Moss Book 2, so that looks cool. Um, there's a game called Arkadeddon that is a hero shooter in early access from the creators of Predator Hunting Grounds and Friday the 13th. Really? Yeah. It looks interesting. Um, so. Not exactly what I would expect from them, but it's like almost got a Splatoon 2 vibe. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's in uh, early access now, so you can go out there and try it, see what it's like. But oh, cool! I don't like the characters that much. Yeah, they're kind of funky. But, they're trying to do their own Splatoon thing. Yeah, very Splatoon for sure. It could be fun, but I don't know. I'm not super into it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's good for like it's too kids. Many other things coming out right now. <clears throat> yeah. But Tribes of Midgard. Yeah, we got some more of that. I don't really want... I mean, there's not much to talk about that other than the fact that... Season one. It's uh, it's we'll there. Start. It's going to be cool. I'm hoping it's good. I want to play it. I'm going to get you guys to play it no matter what. Are we getting it on PlayStation? Uh, No. PC. Right. Okay. Probably. Cool. I mean, we could get on PlayStation if you want, but I think this is going to be more like mouse and click and stuff. That would probably be better to play on PC. Um, they have a game called Fist. Uh, it's a side scroller that looks like something like Star Fox, but um, not as nice. Um, comes out on September seventh. <laughs> sure looks better. Oh no, not as nice as in like the characters aren't as nice. Oh wait, yeah. like they're just meaner. Oh mean yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at that they guy. He looks tough. Me. He looks like he wants to eat you. Cut your face off. So I think I got the, this game confused with Biomutant back in the day. Oh really? Yeah, because they're similarish. Yeah, animals fighting. Right. So, 
I'm, I'm down. I, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, I'm actually down for this. Yep. So, so it's yeah. a nice looking side scroller. And then uh, Battle Royales are still happening. Battle Royale, as in Hunters Arena Legends, was revealed. <laughs> uh, and it's a Apex brawler Legends. game where you fight. Yeah, right. Uh, you fight demons and other players. Um, so it's like Melee Battle Royale. Very uh, um, kind of has an you know Asian inspired uh, art design and stuff like that, which I think it's you know it's done by a team that's uh, maybe like China. Japanese or something like that, or maybe Chinese. I, I think don't know. I think this is China. Uh, a Look Chinese. at that guy. Yeah, this dude I'm, that was I'm wearing like funky pants. Them. Yeah, this guy just oh they jumped off. I see. I don't know. I'm not gonna play this one. Oh hey. In August, this is going to be a uh, PS Plus game. Oh, well, look at that. So I can play for free. Well, I guess I'm going to play for free. Oh, it's already got. It's already out, actually. Um, oh, wow. Okay. It's a... Uh, oh, shit. It can't... Wait, what the fuck? How did I not know this? came out... So it's... It, oh, it's an early access. Okay. Uh, it came out in 2020 in early see. access. So 30-player uh, PvP and PvE combat-based battle royale set in ancient Asia. Yeah. Um, its reviews lately are mostly positive, but it's got mixed overall. And people are saying really positive things about it. Well. But there's no match. There's no people playing. So <laughs> positive, but there's no people playing. Well, maybe when it comes to PlayStation. Right. People playing. And then you got Sifu. Uh, this is that uh, melee combat game from the creators of Absolver, which is a yeah. really popular, also maybe a combat game. This one's got a, I mean, this has a good look to it. Um, looks like a cool brawler where you like age over time. So you kill people, you die, then you age and then you come back to life. And I don't know what happens if you hit like the age of a hundred, but you know, you get older and older as you play. Maybe it just gets easier and easier to play. Yeah. You just get stronger and better at being more agile as you're like 75 years old. Yeah, you don't break right. bones anymore. That's right. Yeah. It's gonna be but, interesting. I, I, yeah, I might pick it up. I might pick it up. Yeah, I think the concept is really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be fun. It'd be, it looks. It'd be make for good video. I think that's how you gain experiences by dying and getting older. That's right. <laughs> so, literally, life. Yep. Um, and then uh, we have coming out. Uh, we then we have more Deathloop, which is like you know whatever. Stop showing us. And then Jet the Far Shore. Um, was an interesting looking game from the creators of Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, which is really popular um, back when it came out. So this is coming out by the end of the year, apparently, and it's got a unique, interesting look. I don't know much about it, but it's definitely, I mean, Super Brothers was a side-scroller, um, and this is full 3D, so very different and just weird. Well, this is cool. They got Demon Slayer coming out. What's Demon Slayer? Is that a it's an anime? anime. Kabutsu yeah. Nuyabi. Never heard of it. The is it good? Hinikami Chronicles. Hinokami. Are you going to play it? Probably not. But <laughs> I, I watched the anime on Netflix recently, so I know all about it. Okay. But it looks like it's it's true to the, the season. That's good. Anyway. Yeah. Any more. No, no more of that. No more. All right. Well, that's the state of play, everybody. So if you want to check that out, it is on the interwebs, or you can just listen to what we just said and know all about it. Yeah. All right, so Battlefield 2042. We're going to talk about this a little bit because yeah. it's in advance of next week, or when you listen to this podcast, actually. Uh, this Friday uh, is EA Play Live. 
So it's coming around the corner very soon. And there's going to be lots and lots of details from EA about new Battlefield, especially the new game mode that they've been secret about for so long um, and what Ripple Effect is doing, which is Dice LA. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And then also there's going to be some new game announcements and things that are going to be pretty hype, apparently. So a lot of cool stuff. But Battlefield wanted to kind of let people know a few details that were up in the air and had a lot of questions. So they released a blog post that was like, let's answer some things for you. So in this blog post, they talked about how there's AI players that they mentioned and people were like, I hope we can remove those. And then they came out and said, nope, sorry, can't. So AI players are going to be in existence in this game to help fill in servers when they can't fill in servers. So it'll be like, you have a 128 player server, you got 64 in there, it's gonna fill it in with 64 more AI players. And as new players join, it'll drop out the AI players mm. and then bring in the new players. So it'll also, this is meant to help balance the game as well a little bit, in that if you have a game that's like, has a squad of four on one side and you're missing two or three slots on this side, it's gonna add AI players to fill in that space to keep the teams consistent without having to try and find new players to fill in. So you can also play co-op with your friends. You can join a squad and start a co-op game where you basically are playing with your friends and then playing against a team of AI players and up to 120 players on PC. See, um, I'm down with like fighting against AI. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Well, it's interesting. I mean, how good are the AI players? Right. Like, is there a difficulty? Do they get better or worse over time depending on how the game's flowing? Um, I mean, I can see people just picking off AI players like well from the AI players I know from over time since I've been playing games I feel like you just pick those guys off and uh, I mean you're gaining points right or no I mean it's like Timefall but like you know in that sense because there was a lot of AI players in there but they were like weaker but it sounds like the AI players here are going to be they're going to follow objectives they're going to listen to commands they're going to play strategically and like flank and outmaneuver. And they've seemed to have done a lot of design to make them feel more like human players um, when they can. But I still feel like they can be probably easy because again, they're still not a human player. So there's that aspect to it. I mean, they get shot, they'll take cover. Sure. But like, yeah, but they will have the same health, same everything, same type of abilities to have specialists abilities and loadouts and stuff like that. So other than the fact that it's a it's an AI versus a human, it's gonna they're gonna be the same. But yeah, I don't know because they won't be thinking as strategically as a human player likely would. Yeah, maybe they will. I don't know because AI players in a Rocket League are pretty true. good. But, yeah, that's true. It's um, on us once. I know exactly. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, they also mentioned. I uh, just want to clarify that uh, loadouts and specialties are tied to the per. Well, not loadouts. So special specialists are tied to the person, and there's a single trait and a single ability that is unique to that specialist. And there's like I mean nine specialists or whatever. But your loadout can consist of a primary weapon, a secondary weapon, an equipment item, and then a throwable. Equipment can be either like an ammo crate or something, mm -hmm. or it can be a rocket launcher or like some kind of like projectile device. Um, and that's doesn't matter who you are. You can pick out those four loadout pieces, and then you pick your specialist item, which is your perks. So it's kind of like Apex Legends, where you like have your heroes. You pick a hero who has those passive and you know those traits, and then that's who you are. So the wingsuit is officially going to be part of a specialist. It's not anybody can have it. Oh, so it's tied to a specialist. Um, so that was something that was, you know, of concern for some people. 
but um, yeah. And then they're going to have multiple people can be different, the same specialist. So you can have four people that are the exact same specialist. So four wingsuit guys, if you want. Um, and they're going to have like obviously skins and stuff to differentiate things. Um, It'd be interesting if they had like a, a rush mode and you have to have like certain specialists like disarm something. Oh yeah. Or like plant something. Like, yeah. Like just different load, like different, uh, like had different team makeups to do different yeah. types of objectives and things. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, for me from when I played battlefield and stuff, like I would just switch to what the current situation needs, right? which is a great strategy and it's fine. And like, that's how the game's supposed to be played. I mean, they don't, they don't not make you play like that, but it'd be nice if they're like, okay, you guys need to play like this. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. now yeah you know and not just like go in there and like okay i'm a specialist and now i can well can you i don't know how this i don't works out but now anyway that was my thought yeah um they also mentioned a little dog bot that they dropped in to be in the trailer that is a call-in vehicle so that's not a trait or anything like that that says uh you can call in a dog and you can control the dog a little bit and it'll follow you around and help kill things you can also use it in dire situations to send it into self-destruct on bad guys. That's awesome. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, on that note, vehicles, uh, there's cooldown for vehicles. You, anybody can call in vehicles, uh, any point in time, wherever they are, but there is a limit in how many vehicles can be on the map. Otherwise it'll be like the past couple games where like vehicle spawns are from the, when you die and the menu screen, you pick the vehicle. There's no like vehicles that are sitting on the ground. Like there used to be back in the old days. So it's either they're there on the map or you can call them in wherever you are and bring them in for your team. But there are cooldowns for every type of vehicle, and there's a cap for what can be existent on the map. Um, and uh, there is also um, seven maps to launch, different borders based on the mode. So, uh, And there's also larger airspace for the planes, and the skyscrapers are not multi-floors. It's just rooftops and lobbies. So you get in, you find the bottom, you go up to the top, you find the top, and that's about what you got. Um, so that's clarifying that part. And, uh, then they talked about how they built those sectors cause they have those like capture points that has like multiple flags in an area. They're trying to design these maps to have a, uh, function to where you, um, they avoid people like going to map and then capturing a flag and then going to the next flag and you just have a circle of just like capturing flags following each other. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, they, and that's why they introduced the sectors. So when you and your team get there, you have to not only capture that one flag, you have to capture all four in the event of keeping people in this area to kind of contain the combat. Yeah. So people would come in and try and like go back and forth, capture these flags in this little area. Meanwhile, there's people at other flags capturing other points and it hopefully will help kind of build combat areas throughout the maps that are actual, happening as opposed to just like three line, guys like, yeah. at each point running around just following each other in this giant ass yeah. map so i thought that was kind of cool yeah and that was the thing with all the battlefields like you just go in a circle because mm-hmm. you know like have you got this well yeah, you push the enemy out of one area of the map like you know they're going to spawn in the other area so people could literally already be heading that way and cutting them off and then well, you have control of the map. Right. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that is that is Battlefield. Um, and there's crossplay. So that's always exciting, which is cool. So we'll be able to play with our friends on PlayStation and vice versa. Can't go wrong with that. No, man. All right. Last but not least, Super Mario 64. Do you still have yours? Uh, no. Okay. 
I don't either. No, actually, I take that back. I do. I did keep that one, but it's not in a box. I got rid of my Nintendo 64 stuff, and I am so mm-hmm. sad. That's why you shouldn't be selling all your games, man. man. I was young. I wanted money. I probably used it to get Yeah, the you Xbox still sell them now, man. You're going to sell your Switch. Well, now it's not as important anymore. But it is. 20 years from now, you sell that Switch, it could be worth $10 million. <laughs> Never know. Uh, Just like it. this Super Mario, Super Mario 64 sold for $1.5 million. Oh. Imagine if you had this 64 Good. copy. Dang. It was packaged. Right. All right. It wasn't open. I know. Um, most valuable game collectible ever. Wow. It was rated 9.8 by the auctioner peoples to rate. This is crazy because the last one that sold was Super Mario for the Super Nintendo, and it wasn't anywhere near this. No. Like, no. It was at least, it, it was more than half of this. Well, just recently, Legend of Zelda sold uh, a couple of days ago for $870,000. Damn. And then, uh, yeah, Super Mario NES, I think, was in here for three and no. Six hundred sixty thousand dollars in That's April. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. And then the prototype of Nintendo PlayStation console sold for three hundred sixty thousand. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, with the original Super Mario sixty four in a box, one point five million. Wow. Actually, one million five hundred six thousand dollars. So even more than one point five. Man. Yeah. Where do you put this up on to sell it? <laughs> this this uh, auction site, man. It's popular. HeritageAuctions dot com. Dude, that's because they rated and shit. They put in a little box, make it all fancy. Yeah, that's wild. So, huge deal. If you also have your copies uh, of a sealed whatever on 64, you should try and sell it and see what kind of money you make out of it. Seriously. Hopefully, it's sealed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many people still have sealed games, but if you do, <laughs> make some bank. Man. Make some bank. All right. That's our news for this week, everybody. Man. So if you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube, you should check us out on youtube.com slash gamer. You can watch these discussions and much, much more there every single week, especially now that we're only doing podcasts every other week. If you want to keep up with us, you can watch us on YouTube where we still release videos every single week. So That's right. don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our last free bonus level before it goes paid to our Patreon subscribers. So stick around and listen before it's gone. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the bonus level. This is your last free chance to listen to the bonus level before it goes to be a Patreon-exclusive benefit for those with a three-tier or higher, three-dollar-tier or higher. Let me correct you, or let me correct myself. What am I saying? Not you. You are our loyal fans. We love you. Um, It's an additional discussion from the week in the gaming industry. If you want to hear this discussion and this exclusive content every single week starting in August after the next podcast drops, make sure you subscribe. You can go to patreon.com slash the inner gamer and hit to... uh, subscribe to that new bonus level tier or higher in order to get this access um, for the future content. So this week is going to be all about some new game announcements that have been revealed in the last uh, couple weeks, give or take. Um, So we're going to combine them all together in one big, nice, long discussion. First off, those of you may have played this game a long time ago. It's a relic entertainment has worked on a game. Actually, I've only played the demo of this game. I didn't play much of it. Didn't but it was really cool. No. Oh, interesting. Company of Heroes. Um, I, yeah, I just played the demo. Thought it was really cool and never got into it. But Company of Heroes is an RTS that came out a while back. Um, it's a World War II-based RTS game um, that is just like... 
Some people, uh, this article that we're reading from Kotaku says that it has been called the perfect RTS. I don't know if that's accurate, but it's really? been known as a very, very good one. Um, so they have announced Company of Heroes 3. Um, and it's interesting because this is a game where uh, you aren't like, you know, mining things, building buildings, walls, castles, all that stuff. But instead, you are um, taking the minutia of battlefield action seriously. So your characters go from cover to elevation of flanking. There's always a free-flowing tactical situation where every encounter and every battle felt like a new challenge um, and a little puzzle to unlock using the right weapons in the right place. Uh, the first game was set in Western Europe, and the second was in the Eastern Front before returning to France for the expansions. And this third one is going to be set in the Mediterranean. So in this one, you're going to be taking battles over North Africa and the Allied invasion of Italy. So you'll have the U.S. and British on one side, and then the Germans and main Italian forces on the other, which is kind of cool because you'll have those really cool, colorful, like Mediterranean-looking uh, buildings, um, like cobblestone pathways and things like that as you travel through. And uh, yeah, and one interesting thing about it is in the urban areas, it used to be like you go to a building and you just like you know take control of it, but it wasn't like you just have your guys walk in and that was it. Um, in this one, your troops will actually breach and clear the building, um, which will hopefully That's make cool. those uh, towns a little bit more of an interesting challenge. So you'll see those animations take place. You'll have more um, close, tight encounters to have to um, kind of plan for as you're you're moving through. And uh, it's coming out in 2022. So a lot of people thought this game was never going to get a sequel uh, or a, a trilogy follow-up or yeah. anything like that. But here it is, and there's an alpha build now you can try out on Steam oh, currently. So dang. I'm about to go pick it up. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, I played this briefly. I think I, I think I have this on Steam. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually probably do too, come to think of it. I think this is like one of the first games I got on Steam because it came as a bundle. And it's like super cheap. Oh, yeah, like from a, like a Humble Bundle or something like that? Yeah, yeah, like back in the day. It came with other things, probably. I know I have this. I, yeah. have, to, I have to go search it, but I'm not going to. Well, you, do you remember playing it? Yeah, I remember playing it. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't my forte, technically. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different trying to get used to because it. it wasn't, as I mentioned, it wasn't about building uh, building structures, mining for minerals and stuff like that. It was more like controlling your troops. It's kind of like... Um, uh, Empire Total War, but on a smaller scale. But you're controlling yeah. troops and like advancing them in different ways, and right. you know, capturing bases and things like that. Um, I think I wanted to play because I thought it was going to be like StarCraft or something. Yeah, you're right. I have the Company of Heroes Legacy Edition. Edition. Actually, oh wait, no. Actually, I have Company of Heroes. Yeah, I have Company of Heroes Two. I have Company of Heroes Two: The British Fort. I have all the I, Company I think, of Heroes. I think we bought it together because it was something on Humble Bundle or something. I think you're right. Might be something worth going back to. So you know, relive the old days of Company of Heroes. Does it have, they like. have it remastered? Uh, no. No. Well, then I don't want to play it. But it could look really good. I mean, there might be mods, you know, texture packs, improvements. I mean, how often I did you maybe. play Skyrim with mods well, to make yeah. it look better? You know what I mean? But it does, it's not going to play the same. Like, there are updates that have happened, and it, it needs, it's not changed enough. Yeah. The OG, like uh, StarCraft, still plays really well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. StarCraft 2? Yeah. Oh, the original StarCraft. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, like the, these kind of games, I feel like, age better just based on their um, movement and stuff inside of it. Like, it's, I mean, it's possible. Top down. You're not like worrying about like close quarters, like mechanics with your, like, you're aiming down the sights and shit like that. It's yeah. just like little units running around, like little ants charging and doing different things. So, well, those watching, 
and have poss- potentially played <laughs> Company Heroes recently or in the past few years, let us know. Does it still play okay? Does it still play mm-hmm. okay? That's what I want to know. We're watching the gameplay uh, alpha footage, I guess. And you're probably watching right now, actually, if you're watching with us, you know, watching the yeah, video. It's, uh, it's okay. It looks okay. Yeah, it's not like beautiful graphics or anything like that, but I, I mean... It might be. It's... Uh, like XCOM had... It's weird, because like both this and Age of Empires 4 do not like have like top-of-the-line, top like blow-your-mind graphics like you come to expect in today's day and age. I mean, like, we just had Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart come out. Oh, my gosh. And this looks like something from, like, two years ago. Y- yes. Three years ago. Three years ago. Maybe five years ago. Maybe. Um, I mean, freaking Gears of War Tactics looks better than this. <laughs> right. Because you can really get in. Well, you can't really get in there. Wait, they have little cutscenes, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, you can get in there. You can see the detail. Like, they've taken the time to to make it look good above and below in Gears yeah. Tactics. I would hope the same thing would happen here because, I mean, we're in a new day and age. It shouldn't be that complicated, at least to get better looking stuff. And these environments aren't a grander scale, though, than Gears Tactics. That is one thing. Still, come on. Come on. I'm saying, man. Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, man. Look at that. Yeah, but that's a bigger budget. Whatever. Yeah. I demand perfection. I know. In my video games. That's right. But well, hey, it's still alpha, so. You might not get it, but you'll get some of it. It looks cool, though. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. excited to... Uh, I'm just interested to see that the RTS genre is slightly making a comeback. Like we're getting a new Age of Empires, getting a new Company of Heroes. It sounds like there's still some interest out there that people want to, you know, see come back alive, and that makes me happy. Yeah, so. oh, they're clearing the building. Oh, yeah, that's right. There it is. I mean, yeah, I think this is a great and this time period that they're have the game set in is like perfect. Yeah, like this is the kind of stuff I want to see this kind of war in. Right, because. Call of Duty going back and stuff like that. It's like whatever. This reminds me of some of those maps that they brought out with Battlefield Five that went to the Mediterranean coastlines and stuff. Mm, yeah, they were really fun. Yeah. Um. So on the flip side of things, yes, another game that was announced yeah. randomly. Oh yeah. That uh, Nintendo Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. It's basically Super Smash Brothers with Nickelodeon characters. Oh my god. Which I <laughs> what? Nobody in the universe asked for this, right? But. When I watched the trailer, I was like, "Okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind no. of interested." No, um, I mean, it looks very 3D, kind of cheesy, a little bit. Well, um, yeah. I don't know who's producing it, but it is uh, definitely a, you know, it's full on. Um, yeah, you got Teenage wow. Mutant Turtle characters in here. You got, I don't like, know who that, I don't know who Lincoln, Lincoln Loud is, but uh, yeah, um, this character right here is from Ren and Stimpy. Power Toast Man, you got that girl from uh, uh Sandy Cheek. Yeah. yeah, I forgot what show that was, but SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob. There you go. Thank you. Why? Um, Patrick Star. Hell yeah! I mean, how cool is that? You got that dude from All Real Monsters, or that oh, girl? Man. Sorry, Nigel Thornberry. Man, <laughs> look at this. I mean, I'll watch it. I don't know if I want to play it. It's coming out uh, to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, One, Switch in fall 2021. So it's this year. SpongeBob. Um, it's being developed by Ludosity and Fairplay Labs and published by Game Mill Entertainment. Oh. Um, it's going to feature 20 levels based on Nickelodeon shows. Uh, and will include single-player and multiplayer modes with local and online support for up to four players. You'll also be able to unlock new moves for every fighter as well as earn bonus content for an in-game gallery. Um. Yeah, this, fall twenty twenty one, man. 
Is this what we've been waiting for? I don't know. <laughs> is it? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's one of those games. I feel like they kind of missed their mark. No. Like, shouldn't this come out a while ago? Like a while, while ago. I mean, what is the mark? I don't know. Like, because there's that time where you know PlayStation had their own kind of brawler game. Yeah. With their properties and stuff, but now this is like. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I guess during that really long drought without Super Smash Brothers, like maybe because like when Brawlhalla came out, that would have been perfect. But now everybody's done with Super Smash Brothers, so they? maybe they're they like, "Hell, let's do stuff. it!" You know? I don't know, man. They might be. Well, they might be down a clown. You the know hardcore saying? fan base is still doing it, but I don't. I mean, there's a lot of characters that I recognize on here, but do other people recognize them? Um, I mean, I don't watch cartoons on there anymore, so I don't know if this is like. Pe- Younger generations are refreshed with this. I mean, will our generation buy this right now? Will you pick this up, Brett? Well, I don't know. So it's uh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the uh, the team that developed this actually is in um, Costa Rica. Oh wow, look at that! Yeah, one of the develop or yeah, they did uh, games like uh, GI Joe Operation Blackout, uh, Scribble Knots Showdown, uh, Never Alone, which is a game I actually remember seeing on the interwebs. Um. Yeah, so they got Danny Phantom and Invader Zim on here. Yeah, I mean they I mean, got some cool people, and I feel like this need to be launched a while ago. <laughs> if you could like pick any time for it to launch, when would it be? Definitely before Super Smash came out, and probably closer to when these cartoons were like huge hits, like huge, huge, huge. Like SpongeBob was so huge, huge. Obviously, that's. I, I think it probably wouldn't have been made back then. But dude, um, SpongeBob's still huge. I, don't know I know it is still huge. It's still huge, but like, I mean, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. Absorbing a yellow and porous is he? <laughs> Take it, Brett. You're killing me. SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, come on, SpongeBob it's great. SquarePants. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, I think it. it it's probably going to be a not good game, but I mean, it looks. I, I I was just like this is who who did this like this is kind of cool. Nickelodeon my, did it. Obviously, this is my, this is my well. It's like just license. Like it's it's so weird. I don't. Yeah. I don't Maybe understand. hey, look if someone who's like a fan of this stuff got the license and spent the money and this is what they always wanted to make. Well, boom, it's there. It's alive. I'm trying the to thing, see it's gonna who be this, in the, wild. the publishing company is. Um, what they've done. Oh God. <laughs> That doesn't oh. sound good, Brett. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> they do a lot of licensed content, apparently. Well, that's So Game Mill Entertainment is responsible for uh, Cobra Kai, the game, G.I. Joe, the game, Nickelodeon Kart Racers, the game. Oh, my god! American Ninja Warrior Challenge game. Never heard of that. Oh, they made a Nickelodeon Kart Racers a while back. Who are these people? They just make they make Deer Hunter. Oh my god! Or publish it. <clears throat> Where are they from? Uh, they're savvy. They're talented. They need a new website. They're savvy and talented. That is good. But they do partner with big name people. That's good. See, contact. That's good. Uh, doesn't say where they're from. Very sad about that. Anyway, so there you have it. A couple new games drop in here pretty soon. Now that we got other games being delayed, at least we got these games coming around the corner so <laughs> yeah hooray! hooray well one's one might be good and the other one is uh to each their own yeah I tbd tbd i'm yeah. a beholder you decide that's right 
Awesome. Well, that's our bonus level segment, everybody. That's all we got for you this time. So make sure if you want to keep listening to the bonus level every single two weeks, maybe a week. I don't know. Well, it depends, depends how it's going to it's gonna drop here. Yeah. Uh, at least twice a month. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash gamer and hit the subscribe for the $3 tier or higher. Um, thank you to those who have upgraded their tier. Very much appreciated. And uh, we look forward to providing you some extra bonus content. So those of you that aren't going to upgrade and get the blue content, remember, you're going to miss out on this segment every yeah. single time. So you definitely want to jump on that before it's too late. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our topic of the show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. And this week we were talking about the handheld gaming wars. It is on like Donkey Kong. Get it? Because they were talking about the Switch and some other systems that are out. So funny, funny story. Uh, we've been talking this year. There's been rumors sifting around that there'd be a Switch Pro announcement coming this year, which would be a stronger, more powerful Nintendo Switch. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. It is a new fine, Switch. Fine, stronger. Yeah. It is a new Switch, but it's not stronger per se. Instead, they release what they call the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which now has an OLED screen Ooh. with a bigger screen. So instead of the six whatever inches they had before, it is now seven inches in size and will retail for $350 and come out on October 8th. Wow. Um, are else, you ready, Brett? I'm so ready, man. I know you are. So ready, you didn't get your pre-order. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't think about it. I wasn't like, you know. Well, I saw it in my email from... From what you call it? Yeah, they didn't email me, those bitches. You want me to go on my story about it? Sure, go for it. Well, I got my email, and in the past, I've gotten an email being like, you can pre-order a console like the PlayStation 5 at your local games, uh, GameStop. So I went there for PlayStation 5, and it turns out they were only selling five consoles, and I was number six yeah. or seven. So I was like, fuck me. So I proceeded to fuck me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> take it back. I'm just kidding. kidding. TMI, man. TMI. TMI. I, know. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. So then I got the, the, the notification that the switch was going to be sold at my local GameStop. So what did I do? I got there an hour early because before I only got there 30 minutes ahead of time. And I was like one of the three people who actually got, got it. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 And I don't know how, how many more they had. I just know they only had like probably zero. Probably three. Yeah. Well, I know three people pre-ordered it, so yeah. I also pre-ordered it, and yeah. I got it. So they just no, they did, they they pulled a fire festival on you, and they said they pre-ordered it for you, but you really don't get it. Man, what? Come <laughs> on, man. What was the pre-order price? You just have to pay full price, or just 50. like five? Okay, fifty dollars. Yeah. yeah. So the um, rest is like three hundred. So I'm going to probably trade in my other my my switch to get this uh, pay for this some of this. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't. The problem with mine is that it's actually breaking apart. So. Probably I mean, trade my girlfriend's because she gave it to me. I mean, mine's got the uh, broken kickstand on it, so that's mm-hmm. fun. Like literally, it just like doesn't go on anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I feel you. But um, yeah, so in addition to the OLED screen, they made it sit seven inches, as we mentioned. Um, it's going to have an Ethernet port on the dock. The dock has been redesigned a little bit, so it's got some curvier edges and stuff like that. It's white, uh, which I do like. Um, kind of fits in my PlayStation a little bit, you know. Sit next to each other, it'll be like white. 
I just got to get an Xbox, a white Xbox, and I'll be good. Yeah, um, that's then pretty sweet, man. Be white. Yeah. I, like I, I'm surprised they chose white. Like I don't know why they would choose white. Why not? White not. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, well, I feel like they're trying to go with the PlayStation aesthetic because it's so yeah. clean. It's I like clean look. yeah, I like it better than the black one that they had. Um, I black like when gray. they in, introduced the color variation and stuff like that. But mm. I thought the black and gray. I just didn't like the color of this the switch. Um, yeah, but I like the color of this switch and I like the way that it looks. I like when they were like colored, you know, with other colors, which is like the plain Jane, like gray one, but I didn't want to have like a red and a blue I mean, controller. Nice I thought that was weird. Black, and that kind of followed PlayStation four. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little bit. And, uh, it was good for what it is, but yeah, I think the white is a lot cleaner. I'm really Dox, happy. Dox is well designed too now. Yes. I'm really happy that they finally fixed the stupid ass kick kickstand because <clears throat> that thing broke a mine very quickly. Yes. It was cheap as shit. And now it's like full width on the back. So hopefully it's more stable and secure and doesn't break as easily. Um, they still, for whatever reason, didn't put Bluetooth into it. That pisses me off because I have to plug in a headphone if you want to play it portable, which is dumb. Because um, how often do you carry like wired headphones with you anymore? I mean, like uh, nobody I does little, that. I bought a little dongle for myself. So yeah, see, you got to buy a dongle. I know. I They're know. going like the Apple route. It's like buy <laughs> dongles for everything. Buy dongles for everything. Well, I mean, keeps the price down, I would assume. But it's amazing that fifty bucks gets you an OLED screen and a better kickstand. Yeah. Fifty bucks. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Are you sure? Yep. Bullshit. All right, all right. No, I mean, like this one, it's it's fine, but it's not what I wanted, and I'm disappointed for that reason. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get it for sure, but I wish it did a little bit more. I mean, like there's just, there's really nothing significant to talk about here. And it's other than, I mean, the new screen is cool, but the problem with the new screen is, um, the, well, the battery is the same, but it could potentially yield higher battery output because the difference between like the LCD and the L, the OLED is that, um, LCD screens have a backlit. The, all the all the pixels are backlit when you turn the screen on. Yeah. So no matter whether they're being used or not, they're always on. With the OLED, they're individually lit pixels. So if there's black being shown on the screen, then the pixels do not turn on, and therefore you don't have light there, which is going to create richer blacks on your picture, which yep. will yield better output for a visual. Yep. Um, and it also could potentially save your battery a little bit because it's not turning on all the pixels on the screen, and it's hopefully using less energy. Yeah. So that's nice, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it's going to be that. I don't, we're not going to see a visual enhancement here because yeah. they didn't even make the, uh, the, they didn't even make the, uh, console 1080p on your handheld either. It's still 720p. So yeah, that, that doesn't make sense to me, but it's Nintendo. So they do things that are like awesome, but then also don't make sense. Yeah. Cause like, what were we saying that we wanted to see from a new switch? Well, we want it to run. Bluetooth faster. Definitely have Bluetooth. Um, but I just wanted 1080p on my handheld. That was my biggest concern. Well, like I, I, mean, I didn't care if we it. had 4K on the big screen. I guess the caveat is, well, I don't know. this. Okay, my caveat was maybe that if you have 1080p on the screen, it's going to drain, or on your handheld, it's going to drain the battery faster than if it was just 720. Yeah. Potentially. But then you got to put better battery I don't in know. There. I don't know that kind of technical yeah i mean it definitely would change but i think at that point they would just have to put in a better battery like a more yeah. powerful battery which would make it a little bit heavier yeah but i'd be okay with that just to have more battery output 
maybe maybe not i don't know yeah i mean yeah for some people it definitely helped out a lot for me like i, I, I always carry two charged batteries around so i just plug mine in if i need to charge it up wait what if i need to charge my switch yeah like if oh, i'm playing on like the go yeah, portable charger. battery oh, yeah. I, gotcha. I have it with me so it's like it's never really a problem for me but I'm assuming it's because the way it's designed and, and how thin it is and how that they're, they're trying to maybe meet a certain like this is like the perfect um, weight as well and size and they're what they want to keep that form factor. And if and they have the joy cons, which we're talking about, if they increase some of the stuff, it might fatten it up a little bit. So how would they how would the joy cons fit on the fatter switch? base make them fatter which would feel better probably i mean i agree i agree but maybe that increases costs and it does different things this way it actually you can keep um you can keep the joy cons the way they are yeah um and that's like a huge thing i think that's a big thing with this switch is that the the biggest deal with it is that they probably from what everybody's been saying is it sounds like they ran out of because there's been a lot of shortages and like chips and things like that lately um they ran out of time basically to probably really release the switch pro that they wanted to release and they need more time for that. So they said, well, let's release this. It's kind of like the Nintendo, uh, 3ds a- XL or I think whatever one of those portable handheld Nintendo's with that was just an XL. It's a bigger screen. That's what they did a while back. It was just like a half step up. But I think a lot of it too, is that the extra stuff that we want to see probably just would be out of their price point that they want. I mean, I'm sure they're taking a loss on this thing already. Yeah. So it's probably out of their price point to be able to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. I know. Yeah. I mean, they even have redesigned back, back uh, side of the case. So that's like, I mean, it's not huge, but yeah. 50 bucks for OLED. I mean, OLED's expensive. Yeah. I mean, just getting a screen, you can get a pretty decent, small sized LED screen on Amazon. But, this is OLED, which is better technology, and it's small form factor, so I don't know if that makes any difference. I well, I mean, the console is still the same thickness, but... Well, I'm just saying, like, the screen itself, like, having an OLED screen that small. Yeah. But I don't know if that's... It didn't make the console any slimmer, so... No. They didn't do anything there, but no. it maybe allows them... I don't think them, it needed to. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if it's thinner... The thinner screen doesn't matter in this situation because it didn't change the form factor if unless they put more, like, hardware in there. Um... Or they put more battery in there, then they may have a little bit more room in there. But I don't think the screen size, I mean, screen size won't be a huge difference, I don't think. But no, no, I don't think but so. But it would have been cool if they, like, because they put an OLED in here, they were able to slim it down a tiny bit. <clears throat> that would have been a nice bonus. Right. So Nintendo Switch OLED, it's coming soon. Um, you pre ordered? Yes. Okay. Pre ordered the Switch. I am planning on it, but I haven't yet. Or I may just get it when it comes out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I do wish they did more to it, but it's okay. But I want to talk about something else because this is the handheld gaming wars conversation. And it wouldn't be a gaming wars without talk of the second contender in this battle. Not too long ago, actually around the same week, it might have been the same day that the Switch pre-orders opened, Valve was like, yo, we're making a handheld console. And it is real, Boom. and it exists, and it is called the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck is a handheld gaming PC. So in this one, this is um, basically going to be a slightly larger, well, they say a slightly larger Switch. It's actually now the same size as the OLED, so it's a 7-inch screen. Really? Um, yeah, same size. Smaller, but 
It looks smaller, but it's better. So anyway, <laughs> no, uh, it's a seven inch screen. Uh, runs a slightly modified version of Valve Steam OS with a console-like navigation. So it's a new user interface for the console. It comes with the uh, the D-pad, the controllers, the little buttons. It comes with little touch pads on there too that can kind of be treated as a mouse. Apparently they've learned a lot from their touch pads that they did back in the days of the Steam controller and have implemented that here so that it runs better. It also has uh, triggers on the tops and it has thumb pad or like uh, pads on the back like the oh, Pro controllers do. So that's it's got front uh, front things and then back things. So nice little grip on the sides. It's got uh, you know your fingers will rest nicely up at the top of the controller. This is what the dock will look like if you have a dock running. So you plug in a little dock and you can play with your any peripherals you can connect to. It's got USB, USB C, uh, Bluetooth capabilities. All of the above are built into the system. It can operate as a PC, so you can plug it in a monitor and it basically operates as a PC you can plug in a mouse and keyboard to it um, with your little dock system, which is really cool. Um, the question is, can you edit on this? Yes. Yeah. How fast is it? Because uh, you can edit. You can on, edit on the Switch. You can edit on a uh, Windows Surface, but it is shitty as shit. Oh, yeah. No, you won't want to do that. But this probably has better graphics than that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find a picture of the back of it. Why aren't I they not showing the back? Going, yeah, I know it's in here somewhere. Keep going. Oh, that's cool. There. Look at that. Look at Almost that. There. Look at that. Really Look at close. that. It's beautiful. Look at that. Next one. There it is. There you go. So that's yeah. Little, little triggers <laughs> in the back. R1, little triggers R2, in the top. Little R4, triggers in the bottom. R5. There you go. Got them all ready to go. Pretty there and present. All right. Anyway, so in the hardware, seven inch screen, twelve eighty by eight hundred resolution. So it's not a little bit better than seven twenty, but not really much better. Uh, sixty hertz, sixty hertz LCD screen, um, and the APU processor with a four core, eight thread CPU paired with eight RDNA compute, whatever, blah, 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 and sixteen gigabytes of RAM. So it's a four core processor, um, sixteen gigs of RAM. Um, all in all, it's much stronger than the Switches, uh, much more powerful. Yes. And it can run modern games impressively well. This person wrote an article that said they were able to play Jedi Fallen Order um, on high settings with little to no issue. So there you go. You're going to have much better graphics than you would on a Switch. Yes, and it can even run games sweet. like a console. So um, it's basically meant to give you your Steam library on the go, which is something we talked about when the Switch first came out. We are like, how awesome it would be to have your Steam stuff on the go. Well, now Valve is answering that call. Yeah. So I feel bad for the Alienware one, which oh, no. probably has been canned at this point. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anything about it. It's definitely bigger. I think I like the design better because the, the grips are kind of mimic the, the, uh, the slant of the Xbox controllers, which yeah. that was kind of cool. I mean, I like the kind of space gray. Well, it's not really space gray, but it's got a, like a weird, not weird... <laughs> It's got like the classic Alienware gray. This one's all black, which is fine. I mean, I think it looks good. Yep. I mean, it's handheld. Um, do I want it? Do I want it? I kind of don't want it because I have a PC. Yeah. If I didn't have a PC or like a good PC, I might get this. Yeah. Because uh, you could play it like you could connect it to a monitor. Like, fuck it. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do it connect to your TV and you could play. It. And it's like, hell yeah, I want to do that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I might hold off on this for a while. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about this is that, like, when the Switch came out, it was awesome to have handheld Switch gaming, like, or handheld games on the go, especially indie titles, um, especially Nintendo games, etc. And then now, one of the things that was missing was like it'd be awesome to have my Steam games because I don't. I I, mean, I bought yes. a bunch of Steam games for the Switch that I had already bought on Steam, but now I had to get them on Switch so I could play them there. Well, now this is the answering that call of like, hey, you can now play those games there. But what's missing from this is that they don't have Nintendo games, right? And that's one of the biggest benefits yeah. of the Switch is that you're, if you want a handheld gaming device, yeah, you can get some of these games that are on Steam, but you also are getting all the Nintendo games that come out as well, which are a big deal. So it's like you can't pick to have this or the other one, it's like if you want Nintendo, you got to buy the the Switch, right? No matter what. But this just lets you have your gaming PC stuff on the go, um, which could be kind of cool. But then again, you have also Game Pass, who is trying to make it accessible anywhere, so that like you can use your phone to play games through their streaming system and stuff like that. So there's that yeah. ability as well. So there's there's always some way you can do this um, with these like. PC games or whatever, but yeah. I mean, this system is interesting because they're, oh, yeah, you know, with Valve, what they want to do is, I mean, they're they've given you a lot of options to open this thing up. Like, it's got you can basically bypass the OS and like basically run a Windows PC off of here. It's built on Linux, but you could install like sideload, I think, Windows onto it and like basically run it as like a Windows PC if you wanted to. Yeah, um, people on our Discord were talking about uh installing emulators on here to run like PS2 games and PS3 games and stuff like that, and they've encouraged that for this kind of system is that you can build that in. And um, what's in also cool is like all these button inputs and stuff like that that are on here are all mappable to do things, so like everything is completely mappable to do whatever you want it to do. Um, and it's got a touch screen. Like it's the the screen is multi-touch, multi-input touch as well. That's so it's awesome. like it does everything the Switch does, but more. Yeah. But it doesn't have Nintendo games. Yeah. See, I mean, yeah, this is now 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 I'm trying to and yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. Like it <laughs> Nintendo has Nintendo games and you need the Switch. And if you're gonna keep the Switch, I mean this is the next best update. I mean you could have got the ones that had the uh that you couldn't remove the controllers and didn't have a dock. I mean, those are fine. They're great, and they work just like you want them to. And But this one, for the more advanced user, if you just want to upgrade, which we've all been kind of waiting for, like, I think it's a good upgrade. Um, like, I can't wait to play the next Breath of the Wild on it. Like, that's going to be amazing, because um, I usually just play in handheld mode anyway. Uh, so it's really going to help out. But now I'm just counting, like, how many consoles do I have? Like, <laughs> got my PlayStation. <laughs> like, my Switch is kind of sitting on the background, because... There are games like I, I took it to work and played uh, the Dragon Ball Z Fighters game recently, and so like that was fun. And I played like two two hours of that, and then um, well, I got my PC, and it's like if I got this, well, now I got like multiple things. Like, but like, do I need that? Like, my PC is <laughs> nice because it's it's in its own area. That's where I go to work on some stuff, and then I know like I can sit down in the, the day and play that if I want to. And it's right. like it's it has multi purpose. This could have multi purpose, but you have to finagle it more. And, um, yeah, I just like, I don't know if I really need it, but like I would have bought this a year after the switch came out. If this yeah. was available, I probably would have bought it. Yeah. Before they announced OLED and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. just cause I think at that time, I think handhelds are so badass, and we were talking about that. Like, yeah, yeah. it'd be nice to have a steam thing. Like it'd be great. It'd yeah. Be fantastic. And, but now I think it, taking an account of everything that's 
everything we have. Like, yeah, you play games on your phone, and like, I have an iPad. Well, I, I, I want to get, you know, um, a laptop soon. So it's like, I have all these devices. <laughs> it's too many devices. Yeah. I have yeah. too many devices. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, I mean, I it's a lot. There's a lot to think about. Because, I mean, if I do go and buy the OLED and I buy this, I'm like, well, what am I going to... I don't have enough time to play the games that I already have on my Xbox and my PC and my freaking PlayStation 5 and my Switch. Yeah. Now I'm going to get a Steam Deck, which, I mean, it's going to allow me to play some of those. If you go to town, you have it with you. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know. Like, it's, it's not... This is not a system I feel like that's for everybody. Like, it's not like... You're going to sell this off. Well, actually, I, I say that. But then again, like whenever this these pre-orders went online, uh, the servers like crashed for like a good several like Dang. hours. Um, and it not only affected because of the fact. So in order to buy this, um, they put a couple of like like uh, kind of fail safes in place because they didn't want people to do what they always do with hardware where they go out and buy it and they put it up on the market to sell it like immediately after. Right. So in this one, what they did was you pre-order it for $5. So you have to put down $5, you pre-order it. But in order to pre-order it, you have to sign in to, you can only pre-order it through <laughs> steam. You can't buy it on any other platform. Wow. So you have to That's log into your steam account pretty smart. and your steam account has have to, has to have been active for more than two months. So you can't just go out there and make a Steam account and Whoa. sign up. Oh! But there's people out there that Jeez. have recently gotten a Steam that also couldn't pre-order it because they're new users to Steam and oh. they were blocked out from that system too. That kind of sucks. I thought that was kind of funny, but and unfortunate. Okay. Well, it's a better caveat than having it open to everybody and then it just gets yeah. sold out. I mean, you still have people that like went online and like or selling it for like twenty five hundred dollars. Oh you know, yeah, sure. or whatever. Oh, for but, sure. For sure. Um, but I think but that, yeah. I mean, it's probably the best system I've seen come up with, even though people do get, yeah. Hey, either way, someone's getting screwed and yeah. this way more gamers <clears throat> can play it. Right. Um, but I think this is going to be very successful. I really do. Yeah. I think, um, this won't be needing for a long time. Steam is probably the perfect company to have something like this because their catalog is basically kind of switch ish. Yeah. <laughs> and this is it's genius. Like it's genius. This needed to come out a long time ago. Yeah. I feel like. I'm glad it's here now. Maybe different iterations will make me want to buy it more. Yeah. Um, but it's not like Steam has their own uh, like games you can only play on Steam. I mean, I mean that's true. But they do. But <laughs> they don't make them anymore to the point where it's like, I got to have it to play it. Right. Yeah. That's that's true. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about this is, uh, so, well, two things. Okay. I guess three things. Let me go ahead first thing. So cost-wise, they have three different models for this. Okay. Uh, the base model is $399, so $50 more than the Switch OLED, um, 64 gigabytes of storage, and then they have a 529 model that's 256 gigabytes, but the big difference with that is it's using the NVMe at solid state, which oh. is the faster solid, solid state drives, and then it's got a 649 that's 512, um, and anti-glare etched glass screen treatment or whatever. Um, so all three of them will allow you to install and play games off a of micro SD card as well to expand the stuff further. And apparently the price was very challenging for game Newell because it was like painful, but critical because you know, they had to stay competitive with switch. Um, but, uh, what I was thinking about is that, um, I mean, they fucked the switch now. Wow. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. How so? They, they're kind of heading off the switch on the market where this is the higher end one. That was the plan. Yeah. Like you have successfully 
stop the switch from going higher end. Yeah. Which, so, right. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I, that's, I think that's a great point because but, like, but, but I think the switch is marketing for a like lower market stuff, kids, family, mm-hmm. like you do not need these higher end things for Nintendo. Like they've kind of built their whole platform on family friendly, not doesn't have to be super HD 4k all the right. way type stuff. And it's yeah. fine. That's fine. They're not, they're not competitors in this market. They are a supplement to the market in right. a sense where like, um, you know, cause one of the things I want to talk about is like way back in the day, they had this big thing. The first entry point into valves world and hardware was, the steam computers, uh, the uh, steam machines. Remember that was their big deal where they partner with Alienware. They partner with all these different manufacturers to bring out basically computer consoles that were running on Linux that ran steam OS, um, to play games on, to be like, you have your PC, but it's a console. Great idea kind of, but then it failed because there was a whole bunch of different machines that have varying prices. That was very inconsistent. It just didn't work very well. Mm -hmm. And then they brought the steam controller that also, wasn't that great like the touch pads were a little inconsistent it just it just felt awkward it wasn't a traditional controller yeah um it just didn't work very well that way and then they have the steam link box that allowed you to link your basically stream your content from your computer to your house you know throughout your house but that came out before fiber was in existence so it was a wrong time and place and that just wasn't as fast and you had you know lag issues and stuff like that between your house and stuff like that so when they first started it's like their hardware entries were pretty shitty mm-hmm. and then they like you know partner with HTC Vive for the uh, you know the, the new VR headset that yeah. was great that worked yeah. out really well for them oh, yeah. but then they finally got it right when they were like okay they did all that stuff they went through all that hardware exploration and then the valve index came out and that was like for us kind of like i mean it is at this point in time the most high-end vr headset on the market and i think that's by design because the oculus quest already controls this what the switch is in the handheld market right oculus quest has that family friendly easier access cheaper stuff but if you want the highest and best of the best in the space you get the V you get the valve index. Right. And in this case, I feel like that's kind of what they're leaning into is like, if you want the best of the best in the handheld market, Vita doesn't exist anymore. Here's what you got. Like this, yeah. you either get the switch, which is for the everybody, or this is for the, the more consumer, like or the more diehards enthusiasts yeah, and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what they're carving out <laughs> for themselves. And so, you can get game pass on this. I'll probably be sold. Yeah. I, I think you could on this. I mean, you can technically, but like if it's integrated into their OS, right? Or you can pull it up. I mean, I'll probably get one, right? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll sit in front of it'll sit in my, it'll be in my console for Xbox games, and it'll be cheaper ish. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not. How yeah. much is the, how much is the Xbox console? Which one? Uh, the X, the Series X. Yeah, four ninety nine. Yeah. And then the uh, well, I don't mind paying more for this because I can't take it anywhere. Yeah, that will be the only way I will get this right. Um, so I pinged our Discord and asked about just kind of like what are you planning on getting and what are your thoughts of each and all that stuff. So we had a few people chime in, and um, 
Silent Snipe, one of our community members, shout out Silent Snipe, uh, mentioned that the ability to play Steam games is basically like the big reason. So it's like you have a Steam, and this is a really important part for Steam. It's like you have, it's kind of like what a, like Apple does with a lot of stuff. It's like they bring out a new piece of technology to the market, and they have a network of devices that can power that new technology. You know, it, it works great for them. And here it's like Steam, there's a bunch of people on PC that have a Steam library, well-established forever, adding this device is now you can take that library with you on the go and you can't do that with switch. You can't do that with your phone very well or any of that stuff. It's not very usable. So, um, yeah, so you can get all those games and then also the benefit of the steam games going on sale. There's always sales. You I know? get loop hero. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do anywhere else. That's right. We're talking about loop hero. Yeah. You have a little like ch- touchpad for that there stuff. Go, so, um, so, uh, yeah. So he was saying he's going to tinker with it and install windows. Um, and then, um, you know, OLED's nice, but they could have gone bigger with the the hardware. And then Mac and Mac came in and mentioned that, you know, the Pro just isn't ready yet, so they made the bigger one. He's going to get it as well, the Steam uh, Steam Deck, but uh, doesn't intend to install Windows, but we'll see about getting emulators to work under Linux. Um, and best, especially because, like, you do with Raspberry Pi, but this is a much beefier system. So curious to see what they do with that um, and if that works out for them to to be able to add, you know, like nicer emulators to play like older games and stuff like that easily. Right. Um, I don't know if I would do that, but, um, I mean, yeah, I think it could be pretty, Mm. pretty powerful. Hmm. You know what? Hmm. Hmm. Brett, Mm -hmm. coming up with ideas here. Right. wonder what the FPS is on the screen. Have they said that anywhere? 60 Hertz. So you'll be capped at 60 basically. I wonder if updated models would allow, well, okay, so you just connect this to a higher hertz monitor, right? And that'll make it run faster, right? Probably. Okay, I need to know more information about this. Yeah. Because if that is the case, I mean, because, you know, I, I mod my computer, I do all this stuff because I'm trying to edit and I'm trying to play games on it. So there's like, there's this mesh <laughs> of things that need to come together to make it, you know, the best PC for both. Technically, editing doesn't need as much high-end hardware other than graphic card other than graphic card so i have a 1080 now if this allows me to play some of these games at a higher refresh rate on a monitor then maybe i don't need to even upgrade my computer graphic card anymore if i just get this and it allows me to play these games at a decent high setting i mean it's still not i mean you know getting the 30 series is going to be much better quality across the board. Yeah. Like even if you get a new monitor set up, I mean, yeah, like for the time being, like it's a portable way to have a similar type of quality on your desktop, but on the go essentially. Right. right yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I'm saying is like, say this replace a trying to buy a laptop graphic card. Oh, graphic card. No, just no, graphic no, card. I, yeah. And just graphic card in general. I don't think so. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because you still want 30 series like when it's out and like gives you the best bang of the. I mean, you want that ray tracing, high quality, That's 4K potential and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just basically okay. what the bare bones what you have already on the go. Right. Yeah, but it won't be like super high. Like this isn't like Series X quality console gaming or anything like that, um, or even PlayStation Five. So. Right. Right. But it will be fast. It will be, and it's much improved over the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's not going to have Nintendo Switch games. 
So right. there is that negative to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for me, like right now, like I, I haven't been too high. Like I'm taking my time with my, like pre-ordering the switch OLED. I'm definitely going to get it, but I'm like not in a rush to do so. Right. Um, but this, uh, switch deck, like I was like, yes, I'm going to get it. I pre-ordered already. So I'm, uh, I'm jumping in on that fast and, uh, just cause it's, it's different. It's new and it does things that I wanted to do, which is Tiger. give me all those indie games that I purchased okay. that I haven't been able to play, but I don't want to sit there and play it on my computer. Right. I want to sit on my toilet or <laughs> sit on outside Go for outside. the hot minute, you play know, some games. yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. But I am curious about the battery life. They say two to eight hours, which is a very broad range. Oh my gosh. So I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> eight hour on rest mode. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it does have Bluetooth also, which is a big deal that Nintendo Ooh. does not have. So Man, you can Nintendo. hook up your, your Bluetooth AirPods to it and, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah, It'd I think great. this OLED really is like Switch 1.5. Yeah. It's not even 2.0 yet. No, definitely not. And the other ones that came out, just 1.2. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Last thing I want to mention before we kind of close out is that was really funny. Uh, Elgato, the makers of uh, all the you know stream cards and stuff that we use, decided to release a new uh, version of their stream deck the same day that the Steam Deck came out. <laughs> Which is funny that the names are so similar, yeah. but I guess they didn't realize that Valve was going to be launching <laughs> the Steam Deck that took over all of media, and then they bring out this new Elgato Stream Deck, and it's like nobody even knows because it's like... <laughs> That sucks. Yeah. One letter extra in their name. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but I'm kind of kind of surprised. I mean, I, I like the name of this, the Steam Deck, but since there is a Stream Deck that's also yeah. used for Windows, I'm surprised that they uh, they didn't call it something slightly different. Um, what would you call it? I don't know. The Steam Slate. So that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And then it could be it's all like cool, cool uh, artwork and like like uh, hard edge like slate like put it on a put take pictures of it on a slate to make it all like rugged and cool looking. But it's like this nice streamlined device. Man, Brett, you should be working with them. That's right. They went the wrong way. What the yeah. hell, Gabe? Y'all missed out. Y'all missed out. It's okay. Um, it is what it is. It so is what it is. there you have it. Handheld gaming OLED versus the Steam Deck. It is uh, coming this October, or actually it's all coming out this year, so um, we'll see kind of what, what wins out in tests. I hope it doesn't flop, but I feel pretty good that I think, I don't think it will. Valve's got a pretty good you know setup now where they, they kind of know they've been doing their own hardware, which I think is what they need to do from the beginning. Um, they just had to kind of work through the whole processes of manufacturing and all that, but I think they got a good, good system here. And I mean, Steam continues to, I mean you can't live without steam if you're on a PC and they have that. If they make it really easy to install game pass or if when Microsoft goes to valve and it's like, yo, here's an app done builds an app for steam to run game pass. Like that'd be sick. Dude, I they got it. It's got it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I, I know it's going to happen. Like the, uh, but too many thoughts coming together at once. I know it's a lot. Do they want to do that? Because that well, they don't. Because it's it's a revenue loss for Steam too. Because if you're going to play games streaming on Xbox Game Pass, I mean, you would just have to hack the system or redo the OS. 
where yeah. you just have a computer on there. Right. <laughs> but like you were saying, though, before we started recording, like I never even thought about the fact that this allows us to take our make our gaming events that much more fruitful by having Steam oh, hardware yeah. ready to go so at an event by just bringing this. We have a Nintendo Switch and a Steam Deck now. We can run all the games we want very easily. That's right. I mean, four hundred dollars a piece. They'll probably be taking these to uh, conventions now. Like yeah. you don't need the computer; you just need the Steam Deck. You got a computer right there. It's easy. Yeah. The one thing I am concerned about, uh, which will be interesting to see what they do. I saw somebody doing a comparison of size of games. The average game on a Switch is anywhere from like five to ten gigabytes. Um, if you want to put Jedi Fallen Order on here, or let's say Borderlands. Borderlands is like a hundred gigabyte game, so it won't fit on the standard card. You can't fit many. I mean, think of how it is with our one terabyte PlayStation Five. We're already trying to figure out how to install stuff. So there is a big limitation here. That is true. With this is deck, true. it's like how many games can you really put on here? Does it have some kind of compression technology that'll serve them? Well, smaller playing AAA titles, then yeah, it's probably going to be an issue. But yeah, I feel like. More people who will play Switch games on Steam will probably find this perfect for them. Switch like games, Switch like, yeah, like uh, Animal uh, Animal Crossing. What's the one? Uh, Harvest Stardew Valley. Yeah, Stardew Valley. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of those games that you could you could probably fit 100 games on there that aren't that. No, that's true. Memory consuming. I mean, Loop Hero is probably like 100 megabytes. So yeah, done easy. Cool. Well, if you guys have a topic you want to hear us discuss in the future on the podcast, send us a question or message at theinnergamer.net or join us in our Discord channel. Thank you to Silent Snipe and Mac and Mac for providing insight to this week's discussion. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to the next couple of weeks, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. On the 22nd of July, we have Last Stop on all systems. Last Stop is a single-player third-person adventure set in present-day London, where you play as three separate characters whose worlds collide in the midst of a supernatural crisis. Crazy. And on the 23rd, Orcs Must Die 3, Slice, Burn, Toss, Zap, Grind, and Gib, massive hordes of repugnant orcs in this long-awaited sequel successor to the award-winning Orcs Must Die series coming to Xbox, PS4, and PC. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And then, of course, on the 27th, which is right around the corner, Tribes of Midgard being published by Gearbox Studios on PS5, PS4, and PC. Heads up, the giants are coming. Mythical creatures, deadly spirits, and gigantic brutes threaten to bring on Ragnarok, the end of the world, from your tribe of up to 10 and become, or form your tribe of up to 10 and become Viking legends in this action survival RPG of gigantic proportions. And on the 29th, we have The Ascent, is a solo and co op action shooter RPG set in cyberpunk world. The mega corporation that owns you and everyone, the Sync Group, has just collapsed. Can you survive without it? Coming to Xbox and PC. Ooh, excited for that one. And then moving into August, August 3rd, we have Lemnus Gate on PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Lemnus Gate is a revolutionary turn based combat strategy FPS taking place in the time loop. Master the unique abilities of powerful deep space operatives and compete in mind bending four dimensional battles. This looked like a really big AAA game. I looked this up on Steam. You know how much does the game cost? 20 bucks. Now I'm like, is this like low budget, like any game kind of stuff? Like, what is happening here? 
It's crazy. It's like, it's so cheap. Okay. All these games are actually cheap. Every single game we talked about is under $40. Wow. So that's pretty Sign cool. Sign me up for the Steam Deck. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Do it. Yeah. Steam Deck. Yeah. I'm going to get those confused. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, All right. That's going to wrap up our show this week, everybody. Be sure and check us out in two weeks on Tuesday, August 6th, I believe. We'll be back for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to join us every single Wednesday. That is every week on our stream at 7 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash theinnergamercast. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and streams even better. You can also join in on the conversation over our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take time to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brayton Oski. And you've been listening to the Inner Gamer Podcast. Catch you guys in two weeks. Podcast out. Bye.